that's always what I like to hear after you've been having technical problems. Your webcam's not what? super caught up either. I don't know what's going there we on. Go. It's I'm just it's, it's glitchy as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> we need to uh, we need to look at your hardware there, bud. I think uh, wait phrasing. Sorry, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we can do that over webcam. There's, that's how a lot of people do things these days. So, I, isn't that me? I mean, you're obviously not getting a haircut over webcam either. <laughs> no, so. I'm definitely not. <laughs> so I had actually, I had actually seen Tim uh, before we started recording. He just like his webcam just popped in for me all of a sudden, and yeah, there's, there's something going on over there. There's a lot going on over there uh, right now. He's got some like Gene Wilder hair luscious, going on, luscious curls. Yeah, just that's that's intense. <laughs> I can I can tame it when I need to, but I feel like I can be my authentic, genuine self with you, Mark. Wait, oh my God, you guys, where do you get these curl this curly hair? See, my hair is like <laughs> pin straight. This is just me complaining yeah, my, about my hair. <laughs> my uh, my mom's side of the family. Well, no, my dad. Uh, I guess on both sides of my family, there was there was curly hair for sure. My uh, nana had curly hair. My mom's mom and my uh, grandpa on my dad's side also had curly hair. This is something Paul and I complain about because uh, we have the same hair and it's just it grows straight and does nothing like it's just <laughs> it's terrible. So like we end up with these short, messy haircuts because there's not much else I can do with it. But you know what? Enough about talking about personal grooming in the age of COVID because <laughs> welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode 228. Uh, I'm Mark and I'm here with my very curly haired co-host, Tim. Yes. Can you hear me? Swinging my locks back and forth, everyone. They even move when he does that too. Just, <laughs> I just want. And this is a not a visual medium. Obviously, we're working with here, but uh, yeah, hair is going everywhere. So yeah, we saw. Uh, what are we? What are we talking about? I don't even know what's going on anymore. This is episode twenty eight. We did that. Know, shit. We'd, we'd better fucking get moving because there's the yeah, whole we got loaded. So much news. Well, that was what I was gonna. That's the what I was gonna start with. I was like, I had this whole thing set up where I'm like, there's not a ton of news, so we can just talk about Spider Man for a couple minutes and then like move on to the meat of the episode. But like then Disney just came in exploding hot, blew their whole load for the year in like one shot. Yeah, they've been totally. Itching for the entire like since COVID started. They must. This, some of this stuff must be they like just, they just blew a huge Disney load all. Yeah. Over. So so let's start. Like we'll start with where I want to start. We'll start in Marvel <laughs> Land for a second. Um and and we should I guess we should just say Sony Marvel Land to start because like <laughs> the rumors are flying fast and furious about like what's going on with Spider Man three. I think confirmed right now is Jamie Fox Benedict Cumberpatch Cumber. I don't know how to pronounce his name, Cumberbund. I was going to say Cumberbund, but that, that, that's wrong. <laughs> no, that's how we say his, say his name is Bandersnatch Cumberbund. There it is. Okay. And then they officially added Alfred Molina today, or this week, I reprising, should say. Yeah, reprising yeah. Uh, reprising Dr. Doc Octavius. Yeah. Although he died in the original one, did he not? I'm pretty sure he, he died. did. But I mean, if it's multiverse stuff, then yeah, okay, it could be different, different universes, Doc Ock. It could be this universe's Doc Ock, and they wouldn't even have to do multiverse stuff. So there is that. But there's rumors floating around about Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst and just like yeah. all the old Spider people are coming back. And I mean, like we got a little bit of a bounce because like Charlie Cox is rumored again to be reprising Daredevil and he's going to be in there. And it's just like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. <laughs> like, I don't know what exactly this movie is supposed to be, but like, I didn't realize we were going for like a three hour Spider-Man movie. I thought we wanted <laughs> to keep these like nice tight two hour Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I mean, my only hope is that they treat most of these characters as, like, little cameos here and there. Like, you, you get fucking Spidey, like, slinging his, web-slinging his way through the Marvel multiverse, and he's, like, you know, start seeing these people and, like, 
little five, ten second snippets here and there. Because otherwise, like, they're not going to have time to properly address all of these characters for sure. Yeah, that's a lot if they are doing that stuff. So I don't know how. I mean, give me Daredevil back. And given, like, how much stuff they announced today, like, the fact that we're not getting Daredevil back yet is just, (laughs) like, a little frustrating. But, well, we can get into that basically now. Unless you have anything else to say about this, like... The Spider-Man yeah, mess, yeah. catastrophe of WB proportions it's, it's, here. It's, 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 I think the next uh, Spider-Man movie is going to be Spider-Man clusterfuck at home. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, I just want my Craven the Hunter movie, you know, because yeah. like that's kind of felt like what they were leaning into a little bit. It's like oh, he's going to be on the run. We're going to send somebody after him. Do Craven the Hunter set up Sinister Six for Part Four? Yeah, great, awesome. Now it's like we got every Spider-Man coming in. I'm like, I don't want to see Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I didn't want to see Tobey Maguire in the original ones. Spider-Man on his walker. Maybe he'll do like that. uh, He's uh, got to be what, like 50 something now? That like Paul Pope Spider-Man, like aged Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could do that. I didn't like, I mean, I hated Tobey Maguire when they cast him initially. I was anti-Tobey Maguire. I had no idea. I never never got that from you before. I hate him. He's the reason why I don't like those movies, actually. (laughs) like I'm not a big fan of those Raimi movies because I don't like him or Kirsten Dunst in them, Mm. particularly. So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, man. (sighs) I just don't understand. Let's talk about better Marvel shit. I just don't understand why people like those movies so fucking much. But anyway, nostalgia is a hell of a drug is basically what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Yeah, so Disney Call happened, like, was it yesterday or like early today i don't even remember anymore it's just been me trying to read all these articles and figure out what the fuck <laughs> there's a lot is going on because there's so much crap going on so i kind of divvied these up into three categories uh basically i'm going to talk about marvel stuff and then i've got a list of lucasfilm stuff that, that i'm sure tim will correct me on <laughs> and then there's everything else that we'll just kind of breeze through because it's mostly like disney pixar kind of stuff although there is yeah. one pixar movie that i'm very like the movie i'm very interested in the yeah. the buzz lightyear movie oh, sounds, with, that sounds with chris evans with america's ass yeah, man, that sounds that that could be interesting. So, well, America's let's now let, plastic ass. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, no, he, if he's the real guy, that's right? True. Is that how it's supposed to work? I don't I know. Think we'll talk I about think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it though. Starting though with the House of Ideas, Marvel announced just a smorgasbord of shit. Like, there's just so much. Get your now more expensive Disney Plus subscriptions up to date, everybody. Because I mean, if there's ever a time they're going to announce it, they're increasing the price, yeah. I think they picked the right fucking time to do it. Yeah, because now I'm shrugging. I'm like, I don't care how much this fucking costs. Look how much Marvel shit I'm getting, basically. Yeah. So, like, uh, okay. I guess first, we'll talk about the movies first. We've talked about Spider-Man. That director, John Watts, will be directing the Fantastic Four movie, which is coming now. It's finally an actual thing, yeah. Black Panther 2 is also announced, and they are not recasting T'Challa. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they are not recasting Black Panther. Yes. So, you know, there is that. Although we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we do the meat of the episode, because I have a recasting proposition <laughs> for the world <laughs> out of nowhere. I can see it. I can see it. Right. Oh, Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Also, because like, they can't use Letitia right now that she's being an idiot. So, like, let's go. <laughs> let's bring, you know... This other guy, and we'll talk about him later. He's fantastic. JD Dubs. Yeah, absolutely. Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which will star uh, Kang the Conqueror or include Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. It's Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors will be Kang the Conqueror, which mm-hmm. is dope as shit. Peyton Reed returns to direct. Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3 are both announced. James Gunn is returning on Guardians, and he's also doing a 
fucking Christmas special with the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. That that's perfect. Like I'm on board 100. <laughs> absolutely. I, like everybody said, well. Guardians was like the the new Star Wars when it came out. People were talking like hyping it up that way, and I was like, all right, if they're gonna do it, just lean right into it. And I mean, yeah, the Star Wars Christmas special holds a. We're gonna. We should just review that this year. We should. We should dive into that shit. <laughs> we could do like a, a double feature with the the Lego uh, one. The Lego one from this year. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem is we got to do like a Zoom call to watch the star, like the real one, yeah. and get baked together or something. Because like I can't watch it <laughs> over again. I've done it once. I can't fair. do it again. Very fair. So Nia DaCosta is also coming back to do Captain Marvel two. So that's yep. awesome. Shang Chi still out there. Apparently has finished filming. Which also. So then that's. Who else is what else is still out there floating around? Black Widow and Doctor Strange 2 are also movies that are out there. Probably almost done. I think that's everything on the film slate. I think I got everything. Yeah, there wasn't anything like I, I think the biggest one that was like new for Fantastic the movie Four side was yeah. yeah, it was Fantastic Four. Everything else was like we knew was coming, but they like yeah. gave us a little a bit of a little big a uh, little bit of a tip bit or something. Basically we got like the the Marvel logo treatments and like Yeah maybe some like directors are now attached and stuff like that, which great. That means like knowing that Nia DaCosta and James Gunn are in place for guardians and Captain Marvel two mm. makes my head not hurt so much. Um, I kind of, we kind of knew Peyton Reed was back for like eight man and the wasp, but they were going to replace yeah. a winning formula after two. I mean, I like both those movies, oddly enough. Yeah. The Ant-Man movies are solid for whatever I mean, reason. Yeah. They're, they're like middle of the pack, uh, Marvel movies. They're not terrible. They're not like Thor the Dark World, where yeah. they're just like, Ugh, whatever. But they're like, all right. And they're obviously they're, not endgame. They're watchable. And, and they, they've, you know, they're, they're palate cleansers, right? Because they're, yeah, they so if you're watching, doing like a rewatch, they give you a little, you know, lighter, lighter side in between like the real heavy Captain America shit. And who doesn't love Paul Rudd? Everybody yeah. loves Paul Rudd. Even I like Paul Rudd. So <laughs> there you go. The biggest thing, though, seems to be that they are really leaning full into the streaming slate on Ooh, Disney. Boy, Plus. are they? So we've got like some TV shows. We've got a bunch of like we know about some. We've got some new details and trailers. So WandaVision is basically set to premiere right in the new year, January 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, every trailer that comes out for this makes it seem weirder and weirder and weirder. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm fucking on board for this being just the weirdest fucking thing they've done so far. Yeah. I even saw Kat Dennings in the last trailer. So I'm like hundred percent on board. Give me the WandaVision. <laughs> Let's do this. I didn't watch that last uh, WandaVision trailer. I should. Oh, uh, that's all I did say. It was much fucking, fucking trailers. I'm fucking sold on it. So there's not much point. I'm just, I'll, I'll be there. I'm getting rid of my Netflix subscription at this point with the <laughs> amount of shit. Like how, how are we going to have time to watch anything else except for this stuff? Yeah. Like that's okay. my, like that's my kind of end point of all this. Anyway, we'll keep going. Falcon and Winter Soldier had a new trailer. March 19th was announced as the date. So March 19th, 2021. Ooh, boy, it looks fucking and good. That looks like like some Civil War level action going on. Uh, like let's fuck things some things up. Real good. And and so I can dope. and I've told Mark about this already, but my friend Celia who does costumes in on all kinds of productions in Atlanta worked on Bucky's suit in that that is like highly showcased looks in this trailer dope. Looks, looks dope as shit and uh if we play our cards right uh they might join us to tell uh tell us about their experiences on working on this and and other shows that have filmed in, in uh, atlanta area um after the season's aired yeah well we're definitely gonna try and do that because that sounds like my kind of episode i would be on board for doing that kind of interview yeah but yeah that show looks fucking amazing yeah. daniel brule uh, is back as baron zemo emily van camp's back sharon carter mm-hmm. obviously anthony mackie and sebastian, sebastian stan are back yeah. as falcon and winter soldier looks fan- you know what though 
looks great. I was going to say this was like my choice, like my go-to. This is my number one until I saw the fucking Loki trailer. Did you watch the Loki trailer? I did watch the Loki trailer. For starters, did you recognize the the fucking uh, elevator and the hotel that they go up in? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty uh, Marriott from Dragon Con. Yeah. But yeah, Loki trailer looked good. I think between the two, I'm more excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but I don't know necessarily the stories that they would be drawing from for the Loki series, at least in tone. Right. You know, I know, I know that there's fucking crazy ass Loki. There's some weird shit. And this looks like it's drawing at least in spirit from those, but I, I don't have, I haven't read that source material. So I might be more excited if I had. Um, It's some of that weird, like Steranko craziness. It's like 60s Mm -hmm. shit. And with like TVA and stuff like that, some like weird multidimensional observation task force or whatever fucking is bizarre stuff so i'm kind of excited like marvel's getting like just between wandavision and what we saw of loki here marvel's getting real fucking weird on me and i'm like and what we're fucking hearing from spider-man too <laughs> yeah yeah I, mean, I guess if spider-man is gonna be this multi-dimensional thing like i am on board for them to get a little bit more weird i mean we'll see how the mainstream audiences react to real marvel weird though because like some of it gets off the rails but well you know We'll get there. I was, you know, what I didn't pick up on at first. At Owen Wilson, as yeah, as like Morbius what? and Morbius, but like yeah. is that's kind of that's why I think the characters. It could be anybody. There's a bunch of different characters. If you watch, because uh, I watched it on my phone and it auto uh, on Facebook and it auto played uh, captions, and it definitely said Morbius and Morbius was uh, his or Mobius and Mobius was his name. At first of all, he I there's a joke going around that it's supposed to look like Mark Grunewald because like that's. Who they oh, that that character's appearance is always based on a Marvel editor, and apparently that's supposed to be Mark Grunwald. I thought it was dude who played Tony's dad, like when they have an older Tony's oh, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah. whose name I can't recall right John, now from Mad Men. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I thought it was him, and then I like yeah. it was like it's not him, it's not him. Who is because that? Because as like, soon as he opens his fucking, fucking notes, you're like, yeah. oh, it's Owen Wilson. It's, he starts to talk, and I was like, oh my wow. god, it's a Wilson brother. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> this is. So it was just the right amount of vertigo on that, like hearing his yeah. voice coming out of that appearance. I was like, oh, so, all right, this show is going to be off the fucking rails. I'm so you're board. like, a, you're like a god, right? Wow. Wow. What's, yeah. what's that like? I don't know. I <laughs> am excited to see this show, though, because uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It looks like Tom Hiddleston is having a fucking blast. It does. Doing yeah. He looks everything. Like he's just fucking, yeah, just killing it. Yeah. Next thing on this list was what if that trailer looked fucking sick. Yeah. The trailer and the animation on this looks awesome. So I'm pretty excited for this. I'll, this is the one where they're reimagining. Very, like it's based on the what if comic back in the day that Marvel used to do where they would flip famous events on their heads and kind of like, what if Jean Grey had died or what if Jean Grey had actually gone off as the Phoenix and, blew on up the world or whatever like but this is based in the mcu and it's completely animated but with the voice cast from the movies and some other people which is awesome looks dope as shit i'm super excited for super soldier yeah like the captain britain carter yeah what looks like captain britain kind of stuff i was like yeah let's do this the one that got me real hyped was the uh the marvel zombies where they've got the cat zombie and uh, bucky tossing the shield at him that was pretty cool all that steven strange stuff too look there's some cool doctor strange shit yeah in there which like doctor strange is a character that like with good animation would be i would just go make a couple animated doctor strange movies and i'd be probably get to see some weird wacky shit in there too so that show is going to be fun miss marvel is set for a late 2021 debut and introduces kamala khan filming in atlanta right now actually 
Is it? That's yeah. awesome. So that one's out there. There's a nice little short showing like the how they chose the actress who's playing her and like how she fits in with the rest of the MCU and stuff like that. I'm excited for that. There's been a lot of talk about this one this week. Uh, Hawkeye. Uh, so Haley Steinfeld is going to be uh, Kate Bishop. Jeremy Renner's back as Hawkeye. It looks like Pizza Dog's around. So <laughs> everybody you, you rejoice me in on Pizza Dog at some point. But I, I people I'm rejoice. <laughs> the Pizza Dog is here. We are okay. 2021 <laughs> is getting us Pizza Dog. You just got to read Fractions Hawkeye run. It's fucking fantastic. It's like I think it's like 30 issues. Yeah, but it's just like it's kind of a very irreverent look at Hawkeye's role in the MC or the Marvel universe at like the the 616 on the comic side, but just like how this guy who's basically a grifter slash thief ended up as an Avenger. It's Mm -hmm. and like how he maintains that while still being a normal human being who can, you know, a car hitting him hurts him basically. Like it doesn't really hurt Captain America, but he, this guy's still an Avenger somewhere. Like it's just, it plays on that in very humorous ways and also him training Kate Bishop, which is really cool. We were lied to. Tatiana <laughs> Maslany was is going to be She Hulk apparently. Sneaky false Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, I guess you know she obviously was told by Disney to fucking deny that story because like that's how they do these things. And then or now they're still get in negotiations. It's entirely possible, <laughs> but now that's pretty locked in. So she will be your She Hulk, uh, Jennifer Walters, which is awesome. This show also has, I mean, Mark Ruffalo is already confirmed to come back and for this. I, he confirmed he was in this before they even had a star, apparently, because <laughs> he welcomed her to the show and she wasn't even on it yet from yeah. all accounts. He's him and fucking Tom Holland are like the biggest spoilers of the Oh MCU. my God. They're the fucking two of them brutal. together. Yeah fucking brutal and then but like with the exciting news for me i don't know tim didn't seem as excited as i did but like tim roth coming back is abomination i'm on board for tim roth especially considering who your director pick was a couple weeks ago like tim roth yeah lots of tarantino time from tim roth he was good in that movie Uh, you know he's excellent in everything he's in so i don't know i mean the abomination looked like an abomination in a bad way but it looked like actually looked like a better doomsday actually when you look at it now you're like actually looks like a better doomsday than what we got (laughs) batman v superman yeah i'd rather watch that again actually i would rather watch because that movie's got Liv tyler in it and is it a three-hour confusing mess so anyway i'm excited for the she-hulk series i like the comics and stuff so like that's gonna be cool next moon knight we didn't get a oscar isaac confirmation yeah it's gonna be yeah not yet not yet, but they are doing Moon Knight. I'm hoping at at this point this should be uh like they should be doing Marvel Knights and getting Daredevil ready to fire back up if his rights have reverted. Mm-hmm. But Moon Knight would be a nice place to start a, a little bit of a darker side to this all this Disney Plus craziness that they're doing. Although I would imagine Hawkeye and Winter Soldier will be like on the spy, dark spy side of things also. So yeah. There's that. The next one, actually, I really was excited for was Secret Invasion, where they they got Sam Jackson back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull. Yeah. That we met in Captain Marvel, Talos. But it sounds like it could feed into a movie. Like, this is not just like, this has to be leading into something bigger than just like a TV show. Yeah, it could be kind of the primer for the whatever the Phase 4's big event will end up being. Yeah. Or something it might be like Kree Skrull War or some shit like that. Yeah, Avengers Kree Scroll War. You're gonna bring all. You got to do an Avengers movie at that point. Like, you got to bring the. Got to get the team yeah, back together. Or or so. A Force, at this point, because Avengers is kind of decimated right now. Yeah, but I mean, like Avengers, they always get the Avengers back together for this kind of shit. <laughs> so how many times has the Justice League broken up, Tim? I bet you the Avengers have broken up just as many times. <laughs> and guess what? 
all of ours still count in continuity for whatever reason. So <laughs> there you go. So with the Secret Invasion series, though, that one, I I didn't see if they mentioned an era for that. So is it going to be, so whether it's going to be de-aged Fury again, or if it's going to be like, here's, imagine. These, here's these guys like 20-something years later or whatever. I'd imagine it to be post-Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because that's kind of like what they were setting up. Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, right? Well, <laughs> we don't know. We, I mean, like, I guess that's a good question, actually. I'd assume actually post-Endgame at that point, like, that would be... Could you'd be, want to set yeah. it in modern times. You don't want to be paying the DH Sam Jackson all the time for an entire like, series. Yeah, that would get fucking expensive eventually, yeah. right? Like, and I that can't one I think that. is just was just marketed as like a limited series, right? I think it was just like one one in one season and done kind of thing. Which is why I feel like it's going to lead into something like another. I have the same Coke glasses as you. Anyway, <laughs> they came from Coke or from uh, from McDonald's back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This sounds like it would lead into an Avengers movie to me. Like, Secret Invasion is a big fucking story in Marvel lore. So, like, it sounds like something you would eventually want to be like, mm-hmm. we don't really know who's left in the Avengers, but we got to get everybody we can together and fucking deal with these scrolls. Although, at that and point, scrolls are fucking scrolls. And- yeah, and half <laughs> of them are scrolls. And although scrolls are a big fucking deal in uh, Fantastic Four lore, too. So, maybe having the Fantastic Four around will change that. Yeah. Given when that we don't know when that movie's coming out yet, I don't think they didn't. I don't have that in front of me. No, it's yeah. I mean, that's probably Did they have a schedule. That's probably a few years away at least. There was nothing in this article about an actual date on that. Yeah, it's just it's happening. Eventually. Yeah, fine, fine with me. I'll take a Fantastic Four movie that's inside the MCU. That's fine. Iron Man kind of continues a little bit here. We're getting an Ironheart mm-hmm. series. Um, first of all, Dominique Thorne will be Riri Williams, who is the the inventor of the next kind of step in armor. Young and, Iron person. Uh, yeah, so Ironheart, will, that's that show. And then we are they're actually doing Armor Wars, and they fucking, they're listening to the podcast, Tim, because we've been screaming about Don Cheadle coming back for a show. <laughs> yeah. And here's Don Cheadle coming back for a show. More yeah. Don Cheadle. I'm down. You're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. people. And it's it's gonna be basically Rhodey like tracking down Stark Straight Enterprises Stark Tech, yeah, man. that have I'm gotten into the wrong hands. So I'm I'm here for it. I mean I and I feel like it's very much it's gotta be like this is kind of Tony's legacy and Rhodey's like trying to clean it up as much as he can, right? Yep. Sounds also ripe for crossovers with a certain bionic armed <laughs> Captain America, former Captain America wannabe, I guess. I mean you would expect to be bringing those boys in at that point or whoever ends up being cap right at this point well i mean like i assume it's going to be falcon because that's kind of who they leaned into in the comics a little bit more winter soldier was captain america for a little while after cap died after civil war so like both of them are viable candidates at this point i'm just saying i figure they're going to go with anthony mackie because why not yeah i'd be good either way but i think i think yeah yeah i think uh falcon's more likely i would i'm just saying if war machine's got to go after tony's horse shit could use some Captain America help. It'd be fun to have that episode in the, in this show. Yeah. Um, the next one on this little list here, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, uh, will be being shot side <laughs> by side. Are actually coming out ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy three, but I guess they'll be starting to do that. And then the last thing on here from Marvel's side was I Am Groot, which is uh, <laughs> everybody's favorite baby tree, and a bunch of little original shorts coming to Disney Plus. So just like so much Marvel stuff, I don't even know. It's baby baby Yoda, but in tree form. Yes. Well, I mean, he came first. <laughs> we had baby Groot before we had baby Yoda. This is true. So, so that's like a lot of Marvel stuff. I think I got everything. I yeah, spent all I day 
pulling this fucking list together to make sure everything was in there. But holy shit, that's a lot of Marvel stuff. I'm excited. I mean, you know, that that's over the course of like probably the next three or four years. Yeah. So yeah. You know, yeah. You, but still and, and a lot of that I imagine like some of these seasons are not gonna be like 18, 20 episode seasons. No, no, no. I'm like they were gonna be like six eight. to eight episodes or yeah. something like that. I mean, that's what I think Falcon Winter Soldier, I think they said is six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like kind of over length episodes, but six episodes nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Quality over quantity, kids, mm-hmm. especially, and that seems to be MCU's I mean, they're, strategy. They're, they're going for quantity in terms of number of series. Yeah, they just you know, there's limiting the quantity of the uh, each individual episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. There's nothing in here that I'm like. I I don't. I'm not interested in watching. I mean, I'm like I'm the OG Marvel shill, and will watch basically anything that the studio does at this point. But like, I'll watch all of this. Basically. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some stuff in here that I have more basic, more oh, yeah, yeah. than others for sure, just because I don't know, like, like I don't know uh, Ironheart very well. I don't know, yeah. uh, I don't know Secret Invasion really well. I I hardly know She Hulk or Moon Knight at all, but like I'll yeah. still watch them. Yeah, I'm watching all this shit. This is like I'm Marvel boy. Um, it's the next list of shit that I might be hit or miss on depending on what's going on. So we're going to move over to Lucasfilm now. So it was like, it was divvied up into four big kind of categories of the call. And like the first one, I'd move them out of order. I think they did Star Wars first, but I want to talk about Marvel first. Fuck (laughs) Star Wars. But like, yeah. And then it was like Pixar has a bunch of stuff and then Disney itself has a bunch of stuff that we'll just kind of gloss over. This is the stuff that obviously we'll probably be reviewing most of this shit (laughs) because that's what we do. So yeah, I figured we'd spend a little more time talking about this. Uh, so Lucasfilm, right off the top, the only thing I saw movie-wise was Rogue Squadron by Patty Jenkins, which yes. sounds cool, I guess. All, I mean, I guess Indy 5 counts as a movie also. That's still <laughs> happening yep. for reasons. Confirmed and confirmed to have Harrison Ford, and who's way older now than fucking... <sighs> uh, he was when he's a crystal Con- skull. He's way older than Sean Connery yeah, was when yes. he played his dad in Last Crusade. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we'll I don't know see. what the fuck they're doing there, but but you the know. the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron that looks pretty fucking cool. Um, and I mean Patty Jenkins for I mean our listeners hopefully remember that she's been the director of the Wonder Woman movies, the one that's about to come out in like two weeks from now. And yeah, so it's basically supposed to follow like a group of fighter pilots as they band together through thick and thin to defend good against evil. So, I mean, maybe kind of like Battlestar Galactica-ish in the Star Wars universe, which I, you know, with like a bunch of Viper pilots or something like that, which would be kind of cool. Well, X-Wing pilots, but yes, also cool. Yeah, obviously in this case it'd be X-Wing or Y-Wing or whatever pilots. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I was on board uh, at Patty Jenkins, basically, so mm-hmm. that's fine with me. I know that, I guess there's also a Taika Waititi. That Star Wars movie's still happening. They did announce that. They, uh, but, they like, nobody knows it. what's actually happening. <laughs> and so. Kathy Kennedy said, basically, that it is... She said a bunch of, like, really vague shit, like, it will be, like, very unpredictable and unexpected and shit like that. I was like, yeah, that's Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi, yeah. That's like, <laughs> so what you get when you fucking hire Taika, you know, Taika Waititi, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited, so I'll I'll watch both those movies. Yeah, no Skywalkers for a little while, kids. <laughs> they seem to be doing fine without them for some reason. Now they've also overcommitted to Disney Plus streaming series, so we're just gonna go through this list because there's just another fucking list of shows. But it's top like these are in alphabetical. No, they're not, but like they may as well be. Uh, Ahsoka. So 
we're getting Rosario Dawson coming back on a TV show that will be produced by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. I think basically what's going to be my cutoff is if it's Filoni and Favreau, I will watch it. If it's not, I'll have to wait till somebody else tells me it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, based on how they treated uh, Ahsoka on that uh, Mandalorian yes. episode a couple weeks ago, I'm super fucking here for it. Like the, the old gray Jedi idea, like that's been a really cool concept in the expanded universe. Now, a lot of the legends that's no longer canon stuff. And so exploring that concept in like a big fucking big budget live action series, fucking sign me up. Yeah, Absolutely. Also, like, just the way they've been handling the Mandalorian period, like, even this mm-hmm. week's episode was just like, yeah, I'm fucking there for this shit. Like, let's just do this. We should just turn this podcast into a Mandalorian <laughs> review episode. Just, every I'm week, sh- we just I'm sure there's no podcast out there that cover the Mandalorian. Right? Oh, I'm sure there are probably there's a couple <laughs> of them. That's all they're doing. There's got to be a star. Like, there must be obviously 400 Star Wars podcasts <laughs> yeah. where all they do is dissect the, the news in Star Wars and. <laughs> bitch about Kathy Kennedy or whatever the fuck they do. I don't know. See, I'm a yeah. Star Trek guy. I just, we just about, bitch about, about all the 501st drama that's happened that week and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. Like I said, I'm a Star Trek guy. We just bitch, we bitch about Alex Kurtzman on a weekly basis. <laughs> so Star Wars people have less to bitch about right now, considering they have Filoni and Favreau working for them. So <laughs> the, the next one, Rangers of the New Republic, uh, set like kind of inside of the Mandalorian. Sounds like it's the X-Wing squadron that Mando has run into a couple times. Yeah. Again, produced by Favreau and Filoni, which so obviously this one says like, what does it say? It'll inter- intersect with future stories and culminate in a climactic story event, which sounds like they're doing Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I mean, they kind of did Avengers on this fucking week's episode of Mandalorian. They did a little bit. So I was like, that was cool. <laughs> or maybe, maybe more defenders. I think that seven Sam- more defenders. I think it was actually probably like we could only live from seven samurai so many times. <laughs> <laughs> people yeah. start to notice and start yelling at us this is time like number three so far <laughs> for mandalorian but like i'm on board it was great but actually yeah, it's one of the better episodes this season it was then. good just yeah. totally random but uh yeah rangers of new republic uh i mean it's uh, i'm mandalorian has got me pretty invested on this like weird in between time with the remnants of the empire yeah and, like the the new the republic like trying to sort of gain its foothold and like you know bring justice back to the universe or whatever and so yeah it's almost I'm, like lucas had created a really interesting little story start point that they should have used for other sequel stuff <laughs> and instead of jumping 40 years into the future so yeah, they, yeah. right after right after the empire collapses and return of the jedi would be an interesting who'd have thought that the empire collapsing would be an interesting story thing to follow through <laughs> multiple different ways um <laughs> Not everybody who saw those movies and <laughs> didn't want to see the fucking prequels, basically. I mean, back you can't. I don't think you could have gotten away with that, like trying to do that in the eighties, because like, no, 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 you no. know, pe- people liked how you know the that that trilogy was tied up with a nice little bow, right, and everything. Yeah. was like oh, and everybody lived happily ever after, except for Vader. After is always the more interesting story, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have your big climactic thing, and then you got to deal with the fallout. Is always a little bit more like there's more drama to kind of get out of a big event happening and then dealing with the fallout of it as opposed to just like, Hey, here's the big event. We're done. We're done. Yeah. I mean, it works for a movie, but you know, now we're getting like 17 seasons of fucking Mandalorian episodes and shit like that, that come out of this thing (laughs) happening. All right. Next show Andor. Uh, so Cassian Andor from the one, a star Wars story. Yeah. That one we knew was happening. They just, yeah, that one's been out there, but they, so Diego Luna will be back and they've, Looks like they've cast a bunch of other people. I'm hoping they brought, uh, what's his name back? Two Dicks. The man two with Dicks. Two Dicks. Yep. Got to come back as the robot since this is obviously a prequel thing. 
That's dope. You don't think that they're gonna like retcon his death at the end of Rogue One? No, I think this is. I'm assuming this is a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I was like, oh, what's what? Where's what's her name? Uh, the pretty girl that's in that show in that movie, and then I was like, oh yeah, she's not in this because it's a prequel, and they met in that movie. Yeah. So fair enough. <laughs> either way, so that that show. This is one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, I want to see if this is good or not before I dive into that. But either way, even yeah. just like I like Rogue One, but like I don't know if I need a prequel to any of these characters. I mean, Jane Urso. It might be nice to get some of her backstory because we got none in Rogue in Rogue, I mean, in Rogue One. But yeah, I mean, and Cassian Andor is definitely an intriguing character. We don't get much if, out of him. Like you know, they he plays it pretty close to the chest in uh, yeah uh, Rogue One. So I think there's definitely story there to be told. But we'll see. Yep. Next one, Obi Wan Kenobi. Obviously, this is Ewan McGregor coming back as. Also, it sounds like Hayden Christensen is coming back as that, Vader. Which that was is the big news. Yeah, is yeah. That, is that they're bringing Hayden Christian back as Vader, so that you know they they may have some clashes post, which which would be cool to yeah. see. Uh, to see you know uh, what fifty something year old Obi Wan Kenobi clashing with like forty something year old uh, Vader. Yeah, cyborg also yeah. like all cyborged up at that point. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the one that I was just like, just give me that one. That's the one I want. Yeah, I want more Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, especially as Ewan McGregor gets to be like old Obi Wan. Give me that shit right yeah. in my veins. Next one on the list here is uh, the Bad Batch, which follows a an elite and experimental set of clones from the Clone Wars, which are all little Boba Fett's, I guess. Yeah, is that how this works. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I it's it's pretty sounds like a Clone Wars thing. It um, was backdoored off Clone Wars, and it's okay. animated. And yeah, the characters were fine. This this if there's any of these that I might skip, it would be this one. Uh, yeah. But, and my skip team, Tim means he won't watch it like as it comes yeah, out, but he I'll, will eventually I'll, watch I'll, it. Yeah. I'll watch it like after the whole season's out or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And he'll let me know if it's worth fucking watching and I'll <laughs> decide whether I'll do that or not. Star Wars visions presenting all new creative takes on star Wars galaxy far, far away. This looks like the anime one. I think. Yeah. This yeah. is the one where they're bringing in Japanese animation studios to offer fresh and, diverse cultural perspectives on star wars just for the visuals alone i'll probably want to look at that one yeah, i always like seeing like star wars stuff get it like that anime it just seems to lend itself nicely to that anime treatment so mm-hmm. on board lando calrissian lando yes. is the show so is this like it's wait is, what's series. his series it's and it's it's billy d oh it's billy d yeah. oh i thought it was gonna be Childish Gambino. No, it's not. It's not Donald Glover. It is apparently. Oh man, I would have. I'd have fucking killed for a Donald Glover series about Lando. No, sorry, they haven't said. They haven't said what it's going to be. Whether it's going to be Billy D or Donald Glover or because I'm pretty sure Billy D's like Billy D's really like old and sick now. Is he not? Like he did not look well in. Yeah, he has. He's had mobility issues for quite a while, and uh, like walks with a cane and stuff like that. So I mean, it would wouldn't be like an action heavy series, at least not with respect to Lando. Yeah, that's why I was hoping for like Donald Glover, like bring Donald Glover in and like do a bunch of sure. Lando Calrissian shit for six episodes. Like I'd be on board to watch that show. Yeah. I would totally watch that show, especially if Donald Glover was on board. Either way, um, the next one was something called The Acolyte, which this is the one I think I'm most excited. Thriller. For. Yeah, I, I haven't seen much about it. I, just reading the. Just, yeah, just just yeah. based on the description, because it is set in a totally fucking different era than any yeah. Star Wars that we've seen before. It's set in the High Republic, like what hundreds or thousands or whatever of years before any of the events of st- any of the Star Wars that we've seen so far. This is like 
fucking Jedi's everywhere, shit like that. So, oh, so this is like some nice of the old Republic stuff. They've been people have been begging for this shit for as long as I've been. Old Republic, I think it's I think it's maybe somewhere in between there. I think it's like kind of the height of the Republic. Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how far, how much earlier than, say, uh, Phantom Menace or whatever this would be. But uh, either way, like, I I just, I've always, I think I've said for fucking years now, I just want Star Wars that's set completely outside of the time frame that we've seen so far. And this is finally fucking going to be it. Yeah, because even like all this stuff, as much as cool as a lot of this sounds, it's still kind of inside that like Skywalker era. You know what I mean? Like span or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it would be nice to get out. I mean, I fucking played through that Knights of the Old Republic game. It was dope as shit. I played through both of them actually on the old Xbox. Fun. Yeah. There's some lore there that could be mined, I think, or like remined, I guess. Now that they've kind of written all that, that stuff was kind of that must be part of the legend stuff that just doesn't count anymore anyway, because it was pre disney buyout next one a droid story i this will be the young adult series yeah introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo r2d2 and c3po fine fine I mean, great i'll watch it if, especially if they get anthony daniels back in that suit again or at least do <sighs> at least doing the voice yeah all right <laughs> uh the last thing on the lucasfilm list was willow which like i know they're yeah. doing this and who yeah. cares i mean whatever yeah. <laughs> there's that's a thing um let's just i'm gonna blast through the rest of this shit because like we've been here for fucking 40 minutes already you guys <laughs> we are all it's all disney it's all disney yeah shit so either way uh pixar inside pixar which is a documentary about pixar crap yeah. soul is coming to disney plus on december 25th which sounds yeah. like a new disney thing we great that already burrow is part of pixar's just that's a collection of shorts there's a pixar has a buzz light year this is the movie thing there they've got chris evans coming back to play the real buzz Lightyear origin story to voice i don't yeah. know yeah to do the voice as yeah. opposed to tim the Toolman taylor which is awesome <laughs> pixar popcorn january 2021 is a collection of mini shorts again yeah. doug days which premieres on fall 2021 is more shorts so many doug, just all shorts just, from up oh is it yeah. doug from up i've never saw up so whatever oh, um so good as long as you don't mind enough. having your fucking heart torn out and stomped on the ground for the first 10 minutes sounds like fun cars does anybody actually give a shit about cars cars. win or lose first ever original long form animated series debuts in disney plus in 2023 great awesome disney hocus pocus 2 is happening we talked about a three minute a baby with zach efron eat shit and die yeah who needs it? i don't care about any of this stuff i'm I'm looking at this list none of this pixar movies that are in the pipeline one we already knew about which is luca wait Uh, wait Chippendale Rescue Rangers, yes, with, with fucking Andy, Andy Samberg and, and Seth Rogen and John Mulaney. Oh, Seth Rogen doing a cameo. Oh, John Mulaney John, and he, okay. John Mulaney is Chip and Andy Samberg is Dale. That's dope. I'll take that one. Yeah, Pinocchio looks like it's got Robert Zemeckis yeah. and Tom Hanks. Like, why are we doing these still? Yep, Don't we're doing it. We're getting a, a sequel to Enchanted. Where Amy Adams is going to come back as Disenchanted. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg is coming back. As for Sister Act Three, oh God. Lord, with Tyler Perry, just, just gonna produce. We don't need to talk about fucking live action right. Disney bullshit. This sounds awful. Uh, the animated one. stuff's not much better. I don't see anything good here either. I'm not talking about this. There's there was one, one thing. Other well, there's a couple other things. Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, which is it's so funny because the description is global movie star Chris Hemsworth explores the revolutionary idea. The new National Geographic series. Okay, yeah. who cares? I'm gonna keep going through here. What was the last thing I had? Oh, the FF FXX Alien Show. 
was my last note here. I was like, what's going on with this shit? No info really on it except for like who's producing it. And I, I closed that tab. It's Noah, Noah Holly. Yeah. Legion and Fargo. And okay. Like I can set on earth though too. Right. Like this is a, this is a weird take for this. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Like Legion fucking kind of like crazy mind fuck shit with yeah. Xenomorphs sounds insane yeah i'm surprised they're doing something like that there was another fxx thing that was announced on this that i was like oh we should talk about that but it's not wasn't as big as alien oh also they announced that uh lady sif uh jamie alexander is going to be coming back for that's confirmed for thor love and thunder oh and, and that uh uh christian bale is yes in that movie Gor- playing Gorgod or something like that yeah playing one of the villains Gorgod gun or something like that i can't remember yeah. his name yeah so that's cool that movie looks dope as shit, too. Where's my notes? I lost my notes. What else do we have here? All right, so news. We're just going to go through the news real quick. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 came out, and it looks like a buggy mess, and there's all kinds of negative noise going on around it, so avoid it so you can get your hands on the next-gen console and the bug patches are out. Yep. There you go. Solved. Trailer for Transformers Earthrise was, like, the biggest news thing I had in here before <laughs> Spider-Man and fucking Disney blew up all over my face. They showed us Galvatron and Unicron. I'm excited because I want that Galvatron toy real bad. And then I guess this kind of leads into our meat of the episode a little bit, but like both Christopher Nolan and Denny Villeneuve are hyper pissed off at Warner Brothers yeah, about their HBO <laughs> streaming stuff. And we can talk about it during the actual meat of the episode also, but like we can. it's funny how like Denny Villeneuve's take was everybody was like, oh, I feel bad for Denny Villeneuve. And everybody was like, hey, Chris Nolan, fuck you, Chris <laughs> Nolan, you fucking that's asshole. That's basically my you fucking, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like, fuck off, Chris Nolan, you fucking snob. And then everybody's every- like, <laughs> well, the problem is, is like, Denny so nice. Villeneuve. We is- love you, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Give you a hug, buddy. It's like, fuck you, Nolan, Denny- fuck you. Denny already got fucked over by fucking uh, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, like, I know, not doing I anywhere near as well in theaters as it should. And, like, if his next fucking, like, his fear is that with movies um, streaming the second day or the same day as they come out in theaters that it will hurt dune's box office yeah and and that that and and it's the problem here is that that is going to supposed to be a series or at least two or three movies and he is worried about the future of the franchise because of that and that i feel like is a legitimate concern especially given what happened to him with Blade Runner 2049. I hope it's not the case. I mean, I fucking, as long as I'm vaccinated by the fucking time Dune comes out, I'm absolutely yeah. seeing it at least once in theaters. Yeah. That's, um, that was my, like, that's my big one. I think now, like, with, I mean, Black Widow will be like the real test for me. Like if, when the, the yeah. Marvel movies start coming out again, that's when I'll be like, if I'm vaccinated, I'm fucking going. Yeah. Like I miss movies and we can talk I mean, this is probably the spot to talk about. Like I miss fucking movies as much as anybody. Trust me, I grew up in a movie theater. Like I worked in a movie theater. I love the theater experience like nobody else does. I like that was my thing to do when I was living alone in Milton. I went to the movie theater like three fucking times a week. Sometimes I watch the same movie two or three times too. I'm a weird guy. But like I'm not going to get sick for this shit. So like I'm on one hand, I'm like, I, I get like everybody being like, fuck you, Chris Nolan, you're a fucking Otour asshole and we don't give a shit. At the same time, I'm on the, the like, but I, I get where he's coming from also because the experience is important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that theatrical experience is something. But like again, like Denny Villeneuve's thing with like, yeah, he's gonna get borked twice in the butt by fucking Warner Brothers. Potentially, potentially because they want to do this. Like, yeah. if I were them, 
I maybe not go deal with Chris Nolan so much right now. Like, let him cool off. But I'd be going like, listen, we'll fucking guarantee we make that other Dune movie now, yeah. right? Like, we'll guarantee that you get to make both of them. And that's the fucking thing. Nobody is gonna stop giving de- or giving uh, Christopher Nolan, Chris Nolan. hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars to make blockbuster movies. He's just well, you know, every, he's just nobody, a big fucking snob about nobody like, the, might the, be getting hundreds of millions of dollars to make blockbuster movies unless you start with Marvel Studios. You know what I mean? Like that's probably where you're the only ones who are going to be seeing those for a little while. I think after this is done, is going to be Marvel Disney stuff. And obviously, they've shown their fucking hand what they're doing. They're doing. They're going to keep doing Star Wars and Marvel to the goddamn fucking wheels fall off that shit <laughs> god bless because i want it all just give me all that marvel shit right in my veins but like i don't know like i like this movie we're going to talk about tonight like tenet was good but like i wasn't getting sick to go see it no obviously so yeah. like i don't but know i mean I, I feel like part of it is just resisting an obvious trend as well right it's, yeah it's part yeah. of it is just like get off my lawn you crazy kids like fucking do what your grandparents did and come to the movie theater to see my fucking movie because i'm not willing to adjust my filmmaking for a home theater viewing experience i I don't i see that the problem is like just make make your movies the way you want to make them and let me watch them the way i want to watch them yeah and stop being a dick because i'll probably still go to the theater like once i'm all cleared vaccinated i'll be back at a movie theater at a concert (laughs) and comic book conventions like I miss my life. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> All right. So that's, I think that's everything I had for news. Oh, well, we can talk about black Batman. They've announced black Batman. This happened. Yeah. Finally. Well, we knew black Batman was coming. We just didn't know who was actually going to be in that role. And it's part of DC's future state event. It's one of those events where it's like, here shit's happening in the future. And here are the futures versions of Batman and wonder woman, whoever. And Tim Fox, who is the brother estranged, no, estranged son. Sorry. A strange son of Lucius Fox, brother of Luke Fox, uh, is Batman in the future. Yeah, uh, like I'm on board. Looks good. I mean, the I'll, take, nice. I'll take a fucking like A-list superhero whose name is Tim any day. <sighs> All right, Does, doesn't happen very often. No, I guess not. It's, not. it's not a particularly like impressive name. Yeah, no, I didn't. Really, I'm trying to think. Never had a mark. Can't. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> Either way, uh, let's move on finally from news because we just had so much news, man. <laughs> Fucking Disney. Fucking was Disney. It, well, I have to ask, is there anything else? Was there anything else from the uh, Game Awards that I didn't see anything it? enormous uh, oh, getting announced or anything? There was, there was, um, there a, was a teaser for another Mass Effect game, wasn't there? There, there yeah, that's that was going to happen eventually anyway. I, I would. I'll, I would wait till I could talk to Christy and see if it's worth being hyped about because like I don't know enough about that series to really get into it. I looked at the list of stuff that was announced at the Game Awards and I was like, it all looked interesting, but none of it was like, oh my god, Spider-Man 2 was announced or anything like, you know what I mean? Like something like that. So nothing huge was announced. Just some cool stuff coming for next-gen stuff. A new Evil Dead game with oh. uh, Bruce Campbell playing Ash, Ash Williams. Yeah. See, those, those are notoriously hit or miss, the Evil Dead games. So I'll have to... Just pray. Pray for that one. Pray for it, because it might be rough. Because the last one was fucking god-awful. It's time for Geek of the Week. Let's just... <laughs> I gotta stop laughing first. Oh, my God. <laughs> Geek of the Week! So this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Uh, we'll start with Tim, because I didn't... Do you have any? I had yeah. read comic books. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so because, you know, 
seasons are starting to end or take their mid-season breaks or whatever on TV, and there's not a whole fucking lot on TV right now because COVID, got to pick up a series that I fell off on like two or more years ago at this point. The Man in the High Castle. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I remember like wanting to get on board. That's yeah. that weird alternate Nazi future, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Amazon Prime series that's set in like 1950s, like Nazi, Nazi and Japanese-occupied America. Uh, And also partially like in the Reich and in Japan and stuff as well. And sort of stopped watching it at the end of season two, mainly just because without a reminder, unless it's something I'm like super like top of my watch list invested in, I just forget to check streaming services for like when new seasons are dropping and shit like that. Yeah. And so I like it finished last year with its fourth season and I hadn't even watched the third season. So I started uh, this past week getting caught up on season three and I'm almost to the end of it. And it's just it's so well fucking produced and it's such an interesting it it fills an interesting niche in terms of like being a cool mix of sci-fi alternate history and also like period piece. Yeah. Um, And, and it's, it's well shot. It's well done and well, pretty well written. And like, there's a lot of fucking eye candy. There's so many like pretty characters to look at. So if for whatever reason you were sleeping on that and you've gone through everything on Netflix and you're looking for something to binge, then go for man in the high castle. Dope. Yeah. I, that's one of those shows that like, is always on my radar, but I've never actually sat down and watched. So, I mean, I if know. you want to watch like fucking Nazis, I mean, the, fair. There's a lot of Nazis that are winning, but there's also a lot of Nazis that get their fucking asses handed to them, and that's pretty uh, fucking. Maybe, gratifying. maybe after January twentieth, <laughs> when I'm sure all this shit is gonna go the way I want it to go, fair. and it's not gonna have some weird Nazi fucking cabal running the united states i might watch it then it'll be be the stupidest reich (laughs) um yeah so i was gonna recommend or not recommend fuck this is the wrong segment the other segment mark i caught up to daredevil this week not the tv show the comic book i like to check in every once in a while they made electra daredevil spoilers they made electra daredevil I'm on board for what's going on in that book. I don't want to talk about it too much because I know Tim's never going to read it because it's <laughs> not DC. But if you are a Daredevil person and you will read comics, as per usual, <laughs> every like five years, somebody comes on Daredevil and does fucking great little story. And we're in the middle of one right now, it feels like. So go pick up Daredevil leading up to, I think it's volume six or seven of Daredevil now. Uh, issue 25 just came out, which is kind of like the reveal of this new Daredevil going on so uh i caught up to that when i saw the teasers for it and it was well worth my time which is there's so much of it now i maintain if one of our listeners someday hears this and thinks like man tim should have more time to read comic books and they want to pay my salary yeah uh, full time then i will happily accept that agreement (laughs) So that I, can, I will read all the Marvel comics that Mark recommends to me. But we should really start looking at Patreon again <laughs> at some point. I don't know. It'll be a New Year New Year's resolution, let's say. Yeah, we'll have to do some real stuff. Uh, yeah, because it'd be nice to have Tim read something that isn't just DC horseshit for a little while. Yeah, so go read Daredevil. All right, it's meat of the episode time. Woo! <laughs> meat of the episode. Inverted meat from the future. <laughs> There's fucking 15 pages of notes in this Google Docs. I'm having a hard time finding my review notes. <laughs> Fuck it's off, all Disney. all notes about Disney shit. It's all this shit about Disney, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Fuck. Finally, here it is. Holy fuck. Was it nice watching a real new movie? Did you like, I just yeah. really like watching a movie that was new 
Wasn't and it new. felt like a real movie. I mean, it wasn't as new to you, yeah, I guess, but I actually got to watch it for the first time last week. We're reviewing Tenet this week. Um, Christopher Nolan's recent, most latest whatever movie. That's a terrible introduction. Most, just... most latest movie. Most recent movie. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's most movie. Yeah, most movie. Actually, it kind of is, in a lot of ways, his it most kind movie. because it's the most the most Nolan movie. Yeah, it's the, it's this, it's the most Nolan movie that's ever Nolan. And it's it's fine. You know, it's great. So I thought we should have a nice little chat about it. Because I've been watching a bunch of shit, and it's all been, like, low-key horror and, like, streaming stuff. And, like, it's just kind of cool to be like, oh, remember what, like... Crank up the fucking volume. Yeah, remember, yeah. like, monstrously overpriced big-budget Hollywood action movies? I remember, like, we used to go be able to go to the movies and see, like, Fast fucking nine every, like, three weeks or whatever? Yeah. There's some giant blockbuster coming out that we would go watch. And you had to, like, sit through the whole credits to let your erection go down? Yeah, basically. I missed those, and this is one of those, but it's, like, a Chris Nolan one, so it's, like, more pretentious. So I get to feel smarter <laughs> about watching it. So I was like, I'm on board for this. And when you can watch it on home video, you can like stop it and go back and be like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, a lot of that happened also. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that scrub panel and VLC. <laughs> let me tell you, because wait, what? I don't, I, none of this makes sense. Oh, OK. So, yeah, I guess like top level, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't think it's perfect, but like I basically having been starved for entertainment that of this genre for the last year, it was really nice to have it happen. And I mean, Nolan may be a giant whiny baby, but man, does he shoot pretty action. So <laughs> what, what about you there? Let's do your top level and then we can yeah, get into what I mean, we like. It's everything I want in a Chris Nolan movie, right? Like it's ambitious. Yeah. It's fucking creative. It treads new ground. It fucking definitely makes you think. And yeah. it's something that really demands multiple watches. And yeah, yeah I, I also greatly enjoyed it. I, I Again, not perfect. There's a couple things where I was like, yeah, that maybe is a little... I had trouble buying into a couple of things yeah. um, that took me out of it a little bit. But for the most part, yeah, I was on board. Yeah. All right. So what did you like? Let's start. Just let's start by blowing it a little bit. Cause it sounds like it's, we're not going to have a ton of negative stuff to say. First of all, like the fact that this is just like, it's basically, and I know we're not supposed to talk oh, about Warren Ellis. We've been me too'd uh, or whatever. Do, do I need to? Oh no. We'll get, yes. Let's. Oh my God. Tim. Oh, I'm gonna I had it. Out. I had it after I said my Warren Ellis thing. Uh, you were, you were going to get there, but like, <laughs> let's start with the plot. Explain to me what happened in Tenet. Do we have another 40 minutes? Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't know how I'm going to edit this episode. three-hour episode of Tenet. Yeah, it's the longest Tenet. episode we've ever done. Why? <laughs> because we tried to explain Tenet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I, I had this fucking thought while I was watching, and it was like, how would anybody write this down? Like, <laughs> I was trying to take notes uh, so that I could at least be there, like, to back you up when you were stumbling on this, because I know it's going to be impossible to do. So I'll give it very top. I got I got lost about halfway through. So, like, we'll, we'll wing it here. We'll see how we do. So there's the CIA agent agent that never gets a name. So we just call him the protagonist, or at least that's what he is in the credits, played by John David Washington. And who's he, like the hottest motherfucker ever? Like, he's so yeah. handsome. He is. I've seen and, him, and he's so good in Black Klansman. I remember him in Black Klansman, but like this movie spends a ton of time just like we're going to be real close up on this handsome, handsome man's face. Yeah. And I was just like, I think I'm in love. I mean, it's fucking Denzel Washington's kid. Like, what are you going to fucking like? Exactly. But he's like prettier <laughs> than them, Denzel. Got them he's Denzel jeans. Prettier. He's almost prettier than Denzel, though. You know what I mean? That beard. He's so only, thick and full. He's only 5'9", too. 
Yeah. Which was, you can well, definitely tell when you he's standing tell. beside the, oh, the yeah, female lead uh, cat. Technical, though, that takes me out of this movie was like the film at the angles they were shooting the two of them. So that they looked at least close in height because she clearly she's like my height. She's and also clearly. wearing like four inch heels in every fucking. Scene. That's what I mean. Like, why do you keep putting this woman in like four inch fucking heels against John David Washington? Who's like damn near my height. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> six foot three flat footed. Jesus. You know what I mean? She's got four she's, inches. She's got six inches on him. And fucking like flat-footed. An, and then they're putting her in these spikes. <laughs> and like, let's be honest, she looks fucking fantastic. Maybe that's the one thing I can't buy into in this movie now is as somebody who is five foot seven, I have never been able to get somebody that is a half foot taller than me interested in me in any way, shape, or form. I'm six foot five. A woman that tall would just be like, that's an alien. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand how that works, you know, either way. And she's really pretty too. Just so we're all clear. Like it's very attractive. So I was into it either way. Yeah. So there's this whole siege in a Kiev opera house where they're trying to recover an artifact and also an operative. He gets caught by Ukrainian operatives, I guess, and ends up, uh, taking a cyanide pill to try and kill himself. Turns out the cyanide pill was not an actual cyanide pill, but it like, I guess had something bad in it because they talked about like having to reconstruct his face. Well, they'd been pulling his teeth out. Like that's what they were, tor- how they yeah, were torturing true. him. They were ripping his teeth out. So I'm assuming rebuilding his face included yeah. that. But I mean, the James Bond, was it Skyfall? Did you see Skyfall? Yeah. yeah. They take the cyanide pill and eats the bone and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, my question was like, so he takes the pill and like doesn't die, and then the Russians <laughs> yeah, just let him go? Just like, okay, well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like let him go. That was weird. That was a they little just, weird. They just leave him there, like, all right, just leave him. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't I feel like, like carrying him any further. The cinematography on that sequence was really good, but like, what is the train yard and everything? That was a little weird. I was like, where did those Russian guys go? They just like, he, he kills himself and they just like, or not even kills himself because like, obviously the pill didn't kill him. Yeah. So like, like I don't understand. Put him to sleep. It's a sleepy pill. I don't understand what happened there. So <laughs> there's a plot hole either yeah. way. He wakes up and finds, "Oh, it was a test of your loyalty and you passed and now you are welcome to tenant this super secret government, I guess, organization." Well, they're CIA, right? Like they're talking about them being CIA ahead of time or something like that. Well, he's CIA, CIA ahead involvement. of time, but yeah. I don't I don't know if that means the tenant is CIA or what, but maybe. Yeah, but like it's it's definitely there's definitely non-American people in Tenet, let's yeah. be clear. Yeah. Well, that's why I was talking about the Warren Ellis, like, super science craziness. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's yeah. one of these, like, Warren Ellis-y things that, like, yeah. Christopher Nolan, I keep, he always likes to pull this shit. And I'm like, it's, he's just reading too much Warren Ellis or Grant yeah. Morrison or whatever, so. And Tenet is this organization whose whole purpose is to stop World War Three, which is being fought with or being instigated with weapons from the future that are being sent backwards in time that have had their entropy inverted and which means that you know they have bullets that come back into guns rather than being fired out of guns and gravity and everything is fucking reversed for all of like anything that is inverted and it's a lot to fucking wrap your head around and it's even harder to fucking describe in words. Yeah. <laughs> So yep. just watch it. <laughs> but 
let's where do we get uh so then he meets neil and they're trying to uh figure out where some of these inverted arms and bullets and shit like that are coming from and then we meet priya who's an arms dealer who's been getting these arms from somebody is sending them back to her from the future because like you can basically like if i just send a text message to somebody right now, it ends up on a server forever. And then somebody in the future sees that and is like, Oh, so-and-so needed an order of whatever on such and such a date. So or at this location. So here, I'll just put it here and send it backwards in time to them. Fucking. I shouldn't have watched this movie. Hi. Uh, oh, no, I, I, the second time I watched it, I watched it super high. And it was a lot of fun because of that. Cause you just like go in a million different directions about mm-hmm. like, how does all this shit work? And like, none of this makes sense <laughs> what is happening uh and she so she's been buying these bullets from this uh russian oligarch sator who's played by kenneth Branagh, uh who's super fucking arch and oh my uh, god just like the fucking like it's ham on ham <laughs> combat here like he's just like he does actually it's not ham on ham because he's the only ham in this movie but he's like just mowing down on just fucking scenery <laughs> and protagonist decides to approach sator uh this super fucking unpredictable hostile dude by basically trying to bang his wife yeah he's like smoking hot six it's, foot three blonde yeah, wife smoking, yeah smoking hot wife uh whose name is cat who's played by uh, elizabeth debicki and she is an art not historian appraiser basically appraiser, yeah yeah i guess yeah. something like that and they have a really fucking fucked up relationship where like they have a kid together and he's like basically holding the kid hostage to keep her in the relationship and she's like super fucking resentful about it and like tries to kill him on a boat that the protagonist is invited along on and the protagonist is like no i need that dude and jumps in and saves yeah. him so then the Sador is like, oh, I owe you something now. And they end up with a deal to what, do a heist of some uranium that's not actually uranium. It is part of this device sent back in time from the future that has the ability to not only invert, it's called the algorithm, it has the ability not only to invert devices or people in time, but basically the entire world, universe maybe, and send like all of earth you know backwards in time so there's no future for anybody kind of thing yeah you know like fucking real apocalyptic end of everything kind of shit so there yeah they there's this heist and in the middle of it they start encountering people that have been inverted that including sator that have that are now like moving backwards in time while the protagonist and neil Neil's Robert Pattinson, by the way, are moving forwards in time, trying to steal this thing from them. Uh, and it's a it's a real fucked up car chase scene. It ends, well, I guess not ends. It has like a turning point where they get to the place where there's a device. And if you go into it, you yourself can be inverted in time and start traveling backwards in time while everything around you yeah. is traveling forwards. And uh, Sador puts an inverted bullet through cat and the only way to save her is by to invert her and keep her going backwards in time for like a week yeah and so the yeah pers- they end up back at we didn't talk about the airplane i don't even know why what the point of the airplane oh, yeah. crash yeah. stuff was just a cool action sequence but like you end up back at the airplane crash sequence right right yeah, well, that was what what what, what is the fucking impetus for that? I guess they're trying to get the, one of the oh, they're trying to get something? the drawing. I think yeah. they're trying to get the drawing, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. 
But like, I don't know. They're, that's where, they, yeah, right there. I was like, why are they there again? And yeah, like both no, times I watched the movie, I was like, wait, what did I miss? That we end up at this airport because they're they're trying to break in to get it's something. In our, yeah, it's 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 a clearinghouse basically, like yeah. a cust- customs house where you can go in, where rich people can go in and visit their. Oh no! But they find a turnstile in there. They find the first turnstile that in is, there. Sure, that is where they, but they don't go through it at that point. Um, no, they, but he, well. Yes, they do. Yes, but, but like <laughs> not not in the timeline that we're being yeah, the movie yeah. in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, confusing and hard yeah. to describe. Yeah. So they end up fighting a couple of guys there that one of them is inverted and Well no, they fight they actually say in dialogue right after like it was the same guy, he just inverted himself and did both fights at the same yes. time, basically. Yeah. So yeah. Just it's craziness. It is, but like it is the protagonist, six... but it, it is two two different physical bodies. Yeah. But, so yeah. But in different points of its own personal timeline. Yeah. Fucking weird as shit, but <laughs> yeah. like fun. So there you go. But yeah, no, the, neither of them go through the turn saw at that point. But at this point, after the car chase, when Kat's got an inverted bullet put through her, they go through the, the turnstile and they have to go back in time a week. And they do that by figuring out when well, they need to go to somewhere else that they can. Well, they uh, go back turnstile. to Oslo. Right? Yeah. They go back to, to the airport because they know that they don't have this other turnstile. They don't have control of that yeah. other turnstile before that, but they know where there's a turnstile that they can use a week in the past. And that's in this clearinghouse in Oslo. So they go back in time and cat gets mostly healed up and yeah, they go back to Oslo and this clearinghouse and then they encounter themselves and well, the protagonist encounters himself and I guess yeah. Neil also encounters him. Yes. And he does end up going back through the turnstile at that point. And they also, Neil brings Kat through the turnstile and then they're back yeah. moving forward in time again. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And <laughs> well, after that. Uh, well, they kind of know what's going on at this point. So now they're mounting. Oh, right. Is this where they, they start yeah, mounting so, like the big. Yeah. So now, now they're thing. realizing that, uh, you know, Kat has told them basically Sater has this plan to he's got he's dying of pancreatic cancer and he's terminal and he's such a fucking egotistical maniac that he's like if i can't have a future nobody can and so he's gonna like set off this algorithm which is always kind of vague in terms of what it actually yeah like what does it actually do or like is it actually a a big metal thing that has some fucking like it's it's like the shittiest dumbbell basically yeah yeah but you know if he activates it however the fuck you activate it i guess what they were gonna do was set off a bomb near it and that was supposed to activate it no i think what happened was like when his thing marked him as dead right like he had a dead switch on him so like it would send out the email blast that would activate the algorithm but then why also have the bomb to cover it so nobody could access it after that oh okay if you blow up a fucking nuke over top of it, it's going to cave everything in and like make it all irradiated and hard to get at at that point. Like they wouldn't okay. be able to dig under it, get it. I don't know. All right. I that's just what I'm assuming at this point. I'm not this is the part where, yeah, where it gets like real brain melty. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot going on at this point. And like, what, what, yeah, because they all go on this big assault to where the, yeah, they've gone back in time is. again to, yeah. to get to this point where they figure out that Seder has got all the pieces that he needs for the algorithm. Yeah. And yeah, he's trying to trigger it because yeah, he's got it tied to his fucking Fitbit. Yeah, um, and... it's like the worst fucking advertisement for a Fitbit <laughs> ever. <laughs> Buy a Fitbit, you can end all of time with it. Yeah, you can use it as a dead switch to be an omnicidal <laughs> psychopath and end all of fucking existence. So yeah. good. And then yeah, so there's this crazy fucking temporal pincer move sequence where there are operatives that 
start 10 minutes in the past and operatives that start 10 minutes in the future and are going towards this zero time where the actual device will get set off and the point is for them to get the device themselves so that it cannot be activated yeah and it i'm not even gonna fucking try to like fucking describe that sequence in words because it's it's yeah you got it this is really like and i'm gonna recommend everybody go watch this basically at the end of this yeah. little review but like go watch it because it's just like it's mind-bendy shit like when you start watching everybody kind of like going dealing with the invert like the, the shot where like the the tower blows up like four different times yeah. like inverted and uninverted and i was like what the fuck is going on part, like, yeah part of it comes together while the other part explodes. yeah i'm like how is the physics of this work and like what is going on i like, think it's just cool to look at at that point it's like yeah. weird art at that point just it's not even like too much at that yeah point. but if you think about it too much like you you just just take some acid and watch this movie and try and yeah. figure it out it'll be <laughs> And long story short, Kat kills Seder because she's like, you're a fucking dick. I can't let you get away with this. You have to know that it was me that fucking killed you or whatever. Yeah. And he takes like quite the fucking header too. Like that, like, like, yes, but like that was totally obviously like a fucking ballistics. Oh yeah. Clearly into the ocean with like fucking rubber neck, like going to Yeah. But like that first shot, it was still Kenneth products, Kenneth products, CGI on face. And he, (laughs) as he slides out but like that hit is so fucking nasty that i was like oh oh every part of me hurts yeah oh like bounces off the bottom railing oh man it was fucking rough and then they're dragging his corpse behind the fucking boat (laughs) jesus like it's like it's like christopher nolan personally had it in for kenneth Branagh when he was writing this or some shit it's possible i mean like that but he probably was sick of him overacting in his movies he's not usually the guy who goes for the big hammy performances yeah well i guess i mean that's not true bane's there there's always bane you can always point to bane (laughs) yeah so and then they are able to get the algorithm before it gets activated and they split it up between three of them well ends up being actually only two of them yeah and then neil is is supposed to take part of it but he can't because he figures out during this whole sequence that he has to go back again and set some things in motion so that everything happens as it's supposed to happen and then we have this whole moment of realization where we realize that neil was the one who saved protagonist at the very very beginning of the movie yeah Yeah. and not just that but that the protagonist goes on in the future to found tenet and he ends up meeting neil and sending neil way the fuck back in time like years back in time you know he's basically like his his point man on all this to sort of set all this shit in motion so like neil for we don't know like how many of his years he's been bouncing back and forth over like the course of a few months in time like just looping to make sure that he's setting all the right things in motion. And then we also find that, you know, they've had this long-term friendship as far as Neil knows, but like, it's almost the first time that it, like we see the first time that uh, the protagonist meets Neil. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Protagonist meets them. Yeah. yeah. So pretty, that, that ends up being kind of like cool time loopy shit. What do they call it on Doctor Who? Timey wimey? Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah. Very much. And then, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a little fucking like coda with some vague romantic shit between Kat and protagonist that I don't believe for a second because there's no goddamn chemistry there whatsoever and no. the end. Yeah. 
Although it was pretty cool that he's there, like he gave her the phone to like kind of protect herself and he yeah. shows up every time. Like, I thought that was neat. Yeah. He gives her the phone that doesn't, they don't really explain it. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, I get it. Every time she calls, he catches it in the future and sends and like a loop back. Goes back, yeah. And takes care of it or something. I'm like, that's cool. Okay, I'm on board. Which I guess means he's probably found out that she's died a number of times and then gone <laughs> back to write it, basically, yeah. like a number of times also. So well, like, but they they also never like explicitly address that, right? Like because Neil's thing is what's happened happened. Yeah, and so they never really explicitly say yes, you can go back and change time, or it's just it's always been this way. Like it's time is concrete. It's just that we're following these paths that are preordained for us or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's so, weird. Then like thinking about it hurts I mean, my brain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's there's fucking endless like physics as well as like philosophical questions that this movie brings up which is cool yeah it was fun um so that's basically tenant in a nutshell i mean as best as we can describe it you really got to kind of watch it, it really, like, yeah that's like twice not- probably uh <laughs> twice helped for me to kind of yeah. make it a little bit more coherent which is not like that's not exactly new for christopher nolan movies i think there's been a couple of them that i've had to go through twice before i was like oh yes i really enjoyed this or yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about or whatever. Or I, I got my most enjoyment out of like the rewatch, basically like Interstellar and Inception. I can think of in particular, like yeah. benefited from multiple viewings and stuff. And this one, this was my second time watching it. And the first time I watched it, I to- I mentioned on the podcast was yeah. in a drive through and like, I could hardly see the fucking screen. And yeah. like, I was listening to it on like my car speakers and shit like that. And so like, it was far from an ideal experience and there's definitely a ton of stuff that I missed. Yeah. So I definitely had a lot more appreciation this time through. Yeah. I was nice. I got to watch it for the first time, like in 4K with like HDR and like my Dolby setup, my Atmos setup uh, running and stuff. And I was like, it was, it's loud. It sounded good. Yeah. I didn't have any dialogue problems. So I did. I mean, I definitely had sound issues when I saw it at the drive through. Oh, yeah. Like, it, you know, the, they you like saying drive through, it's drive in. Or drive in. Drive in. They, drive through is where you get a burger. Drive-in is where you go always, see a movie. I always fucking mix those two up. <laughs> like I definitely because you're you know you're listening to it on like broadcast over uh, FM over yeah. FM in maybe in stereo if you're lucky. Maybe if you're lucky. And yeah. like I definitely had issues with clipping and hearing bits of dialogue, but like yeah, you're getting it through your fucking car speakers. Watching it on home video, like you know streaming and whatever, it sounded fine. I will fully concede that the ambient sound is mixed in pretty aggressively through it is very loud. Yeah. And the soundtrack itself is also like Both. very prominent. So, but for it works for me because this is a movie that's ultimately all about understanding and being hyper aware of your surroundings. Yeah. And that's the protagonist. You know, that is one of the things that he does best. And may, maybe the thing that he does best is being to adapt quickly to what's going on around him. And so I think that, make sense to really stress the sounds of those environments and also how those sounds change when time is fucking running in reverse around you. Yeah. The, the image of the birds, but they, they mentioned it in the movie too, but that's one of those weird, it's really weird watching birds take off in reverse, like yeah. it's, like stuff like that. But like There's so much of that stuff, I like the sound mix based on what I got from my system. So I don't know. My system's pretty high end. I don't really know what to say to regular people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
it's probably a take or take or leave it kind of thing. I had I was fine with it. It was also shot really well, like technically, oh, yeah. just supremely well made movie as per usual. Like Usually the cinematography, the way the frames are shot, uh, yeah, everything's yeah. beautiful. Like seamless CGI. Like I didn't. There's usually like CGI doubling and stuff like that. You can kind of pick out. I didn't see too much nonsense in this. Like yeah. He does this stuff practically a lot, but like even the backwards shot stuff was more special effects than anything like any like trickery more than anything. Like they choreographed those movements to look that way and stuff and and like stuff. So cool. I'm so impressed by that in particular, Mm -hmm. like the amount of planning and storyboarding that has to go into making that gimmick work. Yeah. uh, And making you buy into it is just fucking boggles my mind like you know i know that this isn't a movie that like chris nolan just wrote on his own or whatever right like yeah you know he's got people that that help him that he bounces ideas off of he probably did a shitload of research and whatever well he spent but, like eight years trying to get this like locked in yeah. to the way he wanted I can it. So, like yeah, yeah imagine he's been like trying to like pound out this idea for a while and it's a weird idea so like i like i'm glad he took the time to do it right because there's not you have to kind of hand wave up the science of it because, like, otherwise you're, you're in for a two hour, you're not getting a two and a half hour fucking action movie. You're getting a two and a half hour physics Less. demonstration <laughs> lecture, basically. Cause, like, this stuff's it's science fiction at its finest. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like high concept comic book nonsense, but like the way they present it is Chris Nolan and serious. So you're just kind of like, they and they, they blatantly say in the movie that the, lab tech lady right at the beginning is like don't try to think too hard about it <laughs> like that's literally them saying to you as the audience like this is just cool just fucking go with it you know what i mean like don't think about it and well and they even tell the protagonist like just you have to act on instinct yeah it's you instinct know, you, right yeah, so you, you can't really like overthink it you just have to like feel it more than yeah. think it kind of thing so like i was i just it was really cool like i like the movie a lot so like there <laughs> and you I go think, and, and in terms of the gimmick as well you know the the being able to be have items or people or whatever yeah. that are inverted i think that just the way that they handle that from both a writing and effects point of view i have very few qualms with i think it's virtually yeah. flawless they the writing eases you into it really well because yeah. first you're introduced just to the idea of rather than just having like one big fucking like five minute info dump or something like that, we first get introduced to the idea that, you know, well, the bullets, it starts with just the rounds, yeah, right? Individual yeah. pieces of matter, you know, yeah. individual objects can be inverted. And then we get to the point where people can be inverted. And then we get to these larger concepts that like entire groups of people can be inverted at the same time. Yeah. And then interact in real time and all this other stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can have these situations where somebody, where an operation is happening, where one group of people already knows what's going to happen in the future and is able to use that information to plan their own actions and that kind of thing. And yeah. And then also, you know, later on after that, after we get, you know, people being inverted, we get that idea of communication between the present and the future by like leaving little notes or whatever. And like, whether it's, you know, sending a text message or leaving a voicemail or something like that, that somebody in the future will pick up that kind of thing. So, and then the future being able to invert things and then just put them somewhere that they know that that object is not going to move or be disturbed for however long years or months or whatever and that they can just go and grab that where it's left for them in the future yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty good so when we go i mean we're kind of talking about what we liked anyway and like that's part of what i liked it's just like the way 
like the, the writing was really well done like it was scripted well i like this high concept like i keep saying the warren ellis indie comic put to the big screen but like it is very much one of those like weird ideas that you would get out of a comic book and then just blown out to like chris nolan proportions in a movie and it's like it's great like fantastic there's no way even Warren Ellis, I think, could tell this in a comic book or a graphic novel. Well, yeah, novel I mean, this is not novel. the kind of thing you it would just, even want to do in a comic book because yeah. it would make no fucking sense. Like, it's, so, it's, it requires the motion to kind yeah. of sell the gimmick. So, yeah, but it's just one of those ideas that you would get, like, the the virus that is transmitted via language or something like that. Like, it's just mm-hmm. one of those weird super science concepts. It's like, it might be theoretically possible, but it just makes for a cool story to tell book yeah. to tell your story around and that's what they use it for here it's just this interesting it's really just an excuse to have two and a half hours of <laughs> john david washington and robert pattinson just blow shit up and do yeah. cool shit like the bungee jumping sequence is dope as fuck like, there's all oh, kinds yeah. of awesome action sequences in this movie that you're i'm like this is like some james bond batman shit tied in with like weird sci-fi ideas and i'm like just Give me a film series. Like now he can just make these movies. He can stop making other movies. Make a sequel to this. I make the same more. Thought. I want... There's there's so much more story that could be told in yeah. this world for sure. Um, so yeah, in terms of Neil and protagonist meeting for the first time, in terms of the protagonist like founding tenant, tenant. and shit like that. Yeah. And, and then we could see them like getting some of those notes from the past and you know, realizing, oh, we've got to send, you know, this person or this object back to this point in time or whatever. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool. Yeah, no, like, I was just like, I was on board overall. Um, I, the only thing I really thought was like two hours and 30 minutes felt a little bloated in spots. Like there's probably some stuff that could mm-hmm. shave out to get it a little tighter. But like overall, it doesn't feel two hours and 30 minutes when you're watching it. Like it, no. pr- it breezes by pretty good. It's interestingly paced. It's not necessarily like, you know, one, two, like a three act kind of thing. It's like a, it's almost like a six act that's like stacked on top of each other or something yeah. like that. Like it's kind of weird. Or like two, three acts that are stacked on top of each other that loop around the halfway point or something. Like, I mean, there are like three like distinct spots, but like you go, you're going back to them, yeah, a couple times. But either way, it's 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 an interestingly written movie, on top of everything else. So, Um, definitely worth showing out. You're going to talk about performances, which is just what what I was going to say too. Yeah, well, I wanted to bring up because like John David Washington like blew me away. I was immediately like, just Black Panther, just recast Black <laughs> Panther, make him Black Panther. He's yeah, he's probably like three inches shorter than Chadwick was. Make him like the Black Panther. Make him T'Challa from another Earth or something, right? M- just make him like his cousin. You know what I mean? Like I don't give a shit. Just put him in there. <laughs> like I'm thinking about the scene where he first meets her, and then like they bring him into the kitchen, and like all these guys are like these big Russian dudes are like oh we're gonna beat the shit out of you and he fucking destroys them all i was like i'm on board i like this guy yeah. he's got that john wick energy let's do this oh he's total fucking scrapper i love his uh he's yeah vicious little bastard like yeah. when he was sitting like he's sitting hard and yeah. throwing plates and shit i was like this is good good yeah. times his performance was great i think all of the performances ranged from good to great there wasn't a bad performance in the bunch no the only thing that took me out of it was kenneth bronig is like a little bit eh over the top in spots but like yeah for the most part, i buy into it it's a, he's a bond villain he was like what he's playing he a super villain yeah yeah so like this he's supposed to be a big like omnicidal like super villain kind of guy like anybody who's gonna be like if i don't get to have a happy life nobody gets to live a, a life period is like fucked up beyond repair so like <laughs> i bought him going like full shatner in spots but yeah. like sometimes it's a little much when he's really like screaming and shit i was like all right you're yeah. spitting on her. That's disgusting. <laughs> There's coronavirus we need to work about here. 
But Robert Pattinson, I was pretty impressed by as well. Like, he, yeah, he, I liked like that kind of like more swanky, you know, a little bit philosophical, smarmy kind of. Feels like he nailed his Bruce Wayne while he was doing this character because like that <laughs> that laid back, like very chill, kind of like oh, I'm just watching what's going on, but like yeah. everybody's not suspecting me because I'm so fucking handsome and my hair's must just right and I'm kind of a douche. <laughs> It's going to be great. He's going to be a good Bruce Wayne, I think. So. And, and well, and speaking of Batman, Michael, Michael Caine, Caine yeah. when he was in it, was fucking fantastic as well. Michael Caine, man. It's you always, know, he just shows up and yeah, it's just Michael Caine. Great. But I mean, but John David Washington, what I loved about the protagonist was that he always, and this is just a testament to writing and the acting, was that he always knew just how provocative he needed to be to get the reaction he was looking for. Because yeah. this was a guy that was like, not going in and like trying to like play low key. Like it very much was a bondish character in that respect. He was yeah. like, you know, this is a guy that's going in and like knowing exactly where he needs to get a reaction from and exactly how measured he needs to be to get that reaction. Uh, I mean, like he walks in and the dude asks him if he slept with his wife and he's like, not yet. Like, yeah. That's like, that's All a cold that. fucking answer. <laughs> like it's a very James Bond answer. Also, like that's the kind of shit the real James Bond would say. So yeah. he leaves and kisses her on the cheek. Like, yeah, obviously in sight of her, of her husband and shit like yeah. that. And the other thing is, was that he's great at managing information. He always knows when to just how much information he needs to let go and just how much he needs to hold back from whoever he's speaking to kind of thing. Yeah. Which uh, that was just fucking fantastic writing as well. I think it's something about Nolan movies. It's something that I miss about like genre stuff in general is the, the very capable protagonist. It seems to be lost. We always get the, like the new guy who, well, it's not even that. It's just like, Oh, it's like, he's the chosen one, but it's his first day kind of thing. (laughs) You always get that shit. Whereas like these movies and like, that's why I liken this to inception a lot. Cause DiCaprio's character is a lot like this where he's just like, he's been doing this for a while and he's fucking good at it. And it's none of this like, Oh, it's my first day horse shit. This guy just knows what he's doing. Yeah. The, to get to this point, he had to be like fucking super yeah, capable. Exactly. So like the capable protagonist is something that is like kind of lacking these days in a lot of genre media. And I miss it. That's like, that's what Star Trek used to be was like yeah. a bunch of capable protagonists going out and doing stuff. And now it's not. And like these movies are going back to that a little bit. Like John Wick started it too. Like there's, there's always that character. Batman is one of them. And like, I like that character a lot, but it's nice seeing it in other movies too, where you have the guys, not just some putts. Mm-hmm. that we're going to follow along like John McClane his way through this. This guy's like, oh no, I train for this kind of shit. Like I kill people for a living. I've like, I keep secrets. I know how to find secrets. I'm that guy. So it's also one of those things that's easy to do in a way that it's easy to fuck up and do it uh, in a yeah. way that doesn't feel earned. But yeah. this, this absolutely felt earned just because they did that opening sequence so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was my, my first note when I was rewatching this was like just watching the them stack in to like do the assault on the the, the symphony or whatever, the opera house. I was like, Chris Nolan just likes shooting action. Like he's so good at it. Like <laughs> yeah. so economical at it. That's the best part about this movie for me is just like the filmmaking of it. Like how good Chris Nolan is at shooting, editing, and just like pacing his action sequences so you're just yeah. on the edge of your seat almost the whole time even if there's just a bunch of stormtroopers like stacking up to infiltrate it's still like fuck this is tense it's really yeah. good so yeah i was on board for all that stuff i did like elizabeth debicki's performance in here she was good yeah she was fine 
the camera angles they used to make her not look 14 feet were a little distracting sometimes they did a lot of weird like over her shoulder like over his shoulder but like yeah down at her kind of stuff so that she looks a little shorter than she really is and it was really distracting eventually when i realized i'm like she must be really tall right oh yeah she's really tall and i started watching the camera angles i was like they're making her look shorter than she really is. Cause like these guys must all, be- I know Kenneth Branagh's like five foot six or some <laughs> shit like that. There's like one scene on the boat where they're shooting past her. Like, and you see like they're shooting like past her, like bicep and it's yeah. like eye level for John yeah. David Washington. Yeah. He's oh, clearly yeah. looking like way up at her. I was like, yeah. Holy shit. That was when I was like, how yeah. tall is John David Washington? Oh shit. He's not very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's tall enough. Like he's he's average man height, but yeah. like she's just like like Amazonianly tall. Like Yeah, and they like said we keep they keep fucking putting her in heels. Yeah, oh, yeah, she was I mean, she was fine. I didn't have a a big issue with her performance. It was just uh, there was no fucking chemistry between them. Like I don't think there needed to be. I wasn't reading that there needed to be chemistry there at all. I thought always I thought like any romance was to be Basically, it was them using it to get to him, like to get to Seder. Yeah, but then where do you get to the point where, like, he, you know, gives her the phone and needs to save her, or whatever? I just think that's a uh, like hero responsibility trope, one on one, basically. So that's that's kind of how I read it. Like, he just feels responsible because he kind of dragged her into all this. Like, that was he used her to get to Seder at first, so he feels responsible, and then yeah. it's just like hero guilt oh i put the pretty lady into danger i have to by hero law make sure she's safe forever now i guess (laughs) like there's a version of him that's literally just bouncing back and forth in time saving her over and over again until she dies i guess like yeah in perpetual in perpetuity what else is there that was about it for me i didn't have a ton the fucking fight choreography was oh yeah we talked about that yeah like for starters like the protagonist's fighting style which is just so economical like so he just uses environment he's not like you know trying to be honorable or whatever in his fighting he's just like whatever i fucking need to do to get the job done like he's a scrapper he's doing the jason Bourne stuff yeah good stuff and just i cannot imagine coordinating those fight scenes between like the forward and inverted characters yeah that stuff blew my mind i was and like watching because you get to see it from both both angles yeah yeah, and that's actually the sequence that I like pulled out and like watched those two sequences together just to kind of like yeah. see how they fit. And it's just like, yeah, they just did a lot of work, and somebody was very good at mimicking that backwards kind of movement to make yeah. sure it looked proper and stuff like that. They shot most of that practically. That was mostly there wasn't a lot of effects work yeah. in there. It's just a lot of them, like the stunt people, and like I guess John David Washington does a bunch of his own stunts. He's a football former football player, so he's like mm-hmm. an athlete basically, like an elite level athlete that can do this kind of stuff. And he was just like right in there, yeah, getting tossed around like a fucking bag of potatoes. Looks like a lot of the time, but it's just one of those things where, like, you know, thinking about how many people you have to have in the room to figure out, okay, how are we going to shoot this? How are we going to produce this? Like, how how much of this are we going to do practically? How much are we going to do of it by like effects? How much is going to be editing tricks? That kind of thing is just like so much filmmaking know how has to go into making a scene like those clearinghouse scenes fight scenes like happen and that's why no matter how big a dick he is somebody's always going to want to give christopher nolan 150 million dollars to make these movies because he makes them nobody makes movies like this like anymore like who makes fucking movies like this yeah nobody like it's he's the guy who just comes up with this shit (laughs) and then everybody else steals it from him afterwards like this effect's going to be like 
marveled out in two years. You know what I mean? Like you'll be seeing this in the matrix and Marvel and probably some star Wars shit at some point, (laughs) all these effects will get reused elsewhere. But like, he's the guy who came up with it. It's the same stuff as like all the world bending stuff in inception or like some of the used in Dr. Strange. Yeah, exactly. Or like some of the weird stuff they did, like the timey loop stuff in interstellar that gets referenced by all other kind of hard sci-fi media now all the time too. So like time dilation stuff and the time dilation stuff. That's like, yeah, he popularized a bunch of that shit. Like he just does this stuff very well. So I mean, he can be a big film snob all he wants. I'm still going to go pay to see these fucking movies. So. It's something that could so easily become trite as well, or it could be used in a really just fucking like basic way. You know, just the majority of it is just fucking shooting shit in reverse yeah. and then like editing it together with shit that was shot forwards. But, yeah. you know, you in order to, I mean, the I, problem I'm is the interact- you're the interacting word. it you know what i mean yeah. like it's just so weird to think about how you get those to interact and it's basically training somebody to fight in reverse is what they had to do yeah like video themselves getting that sequence done to them and then, and re- then performing it and then in play reverse. It the other way play it yeah, yeah play it the other yeah or whatever it's just craziness to think about like how you would even just get your brain around how to visualize that for the person to train themselves to do it you know what yeah. i mean like even that's fucking hard to think about at this point so it's another one of those things that like in sequences like that if there was one thing out of place if the sound wasn't right or if the editing wasn't right or if if the effects weren't right or whatever it would take you right out of it but nolan is such like a visionary and i'd say that in like the truest sense of the word like he can visualize these shots in his head clearly yeah and is good enough at communicating what needs to be done to get what he's got in his head on the screen to the people that work around them. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that's the, and that's the magic sauce basically right there is that ability to communicate what you're seeing in your brain to the people around you. And he does it. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what else? Like the, the heist, the heist sequence in the clearing house in general was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I like, like seeing the two of them, like Batman and Robin together, kind of yeah. like zooming through and stuff and like communicating by eye contact and shit like that. I was like, this is fun. I'm having a good time here. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. The car chase was fucking great. It reminded me a lot of the, uh, I mean the, the matrix sequels get a lot of flack, but that, uh, yeah, the highway, yeah, the highway chase scene in the second matrix movie with the, the twins, the twins reminded me a lot of that. Like the cinematography in that scene. So desaturated to it felt like that, that was matrix sequels where there was very like that green tint kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm very nervous about that movie. <laughs> I guess we're getting it for free though, too, because it's part of whatever HBO Max. But very which, nervous which about we that don't movie. Get in Canada. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> that just doubly means we're getting it for free, Tim, because <laughs> we don't have a fucking choice in the matter. <laughs> the score was solid. It's Ludwig Göransson, who's the same guy yeah. that did the Mandalorian score and did uh, the Creed scores. Yeah. And in the score as well, I noticed, uh, this is something I noticed on the second watch through, a lot of little palindromic uh, rhythms and sequences. Yeah, but, stuff plays backwards and forwards yeah. through certain sequences that I was like, oh, that's interesting, because they're actually literally just playing this, the, what was playing before backwards now as part of this yeah. inverted sequence. And stuff. But like, it still worked melodically. Like yeah. they obviously planned it to be, yeah, palindromic. So we're, like, it still worked backwards and forwards, even if you could hear the reverse like the the sounds that don't make sense because they're being played in reverse kind of stuff you yeah. can hear them but it still works so but not even that there were like these little rhythmic notes within the forward version of the score that were like like little otekra kind of okay like, yeah you know it, it would play like it would be like start on a slow beat and progress to a fast beat and then go back down to a slow beat where if you played that sequence in reverse it would sound exactly the same 
yeah kind of thing yeah. so is i as a score nerd and something we talked about a few weeks ago that definitely yeah the score is something actually i wanted to go take a look at uh, like on its own because there was some they sounded like there's some interesting stuff in there but there's just so much bombast happening that the score gets washed out in a lot of spots yeah by the fucking crazy nolan explosion aromas that are going on so yeah. What else? I mean, there was tons of stuff that I picked up the second time through that I didn't the first time because I was fucking watching it like on a tiny little drive-in screen. I got it right yeah. that time, drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. There you <laughs> um, go. But like things like the Russian winding back the clock in the first sequence. Yeah. When they're torturing the protagonist. And I mean, some of those little like wink, yeah, some of the winks and stuff are uh, ended up being like pretty predictable. Like I was pretty positive even on the first watch through that like cat was watching herself jump off the boat yeah yeah that was something i called the first time through too i was like oh that's probably her how many six foot tall yeah <laughs> ladies are there yeah that have access to this boat yeah that have access to this boat so unless he's just like got a type which i mean fair enough but like yeah. i don't know i definitely didn't pick up the first time through neil evading so many questions about why he oh, knew yeah. so much about uh, the protagonist well you can kind of like write that off to just spycraft too like especially yeah. in the first watch through because like that's kind we of how those guys research yeah yeah and those, that's the kind of stuff that you would hear those kinds of shit but like the second time through like him knowing the drink is more it's more fun to the audience yeah. at that point because you kind of like oh okay we don't know the first time through that he's been here or like he knows what's going on or he knows him already. He knows this guy. He's known this guy for years and he knows what he drinks and that he doesn't drink on the job and all that. Yeah. I like that little bit though, where he's like, he's like, I prefer, I prefer soda water. And he's like, no, you don't. And he walks away. I was like, Oh, that's good. That's a good bit. Like on rewatch, it's cute. So like, I was like, good. Yeah. A couple times on the rewatch, I caught, there's some reverse speech that's used in the forward, the forward dialogue and stuff like that. The one that um, really stuck out to me was when Sater and Cat are having their little face off in front of like the room full of the table full of guns. Yeah. Sater like finishes the sentence and then like tags on like a few reverse words. And I don't know if that's supposed to mean I, I, it was just like something that could have been just like throw away if you weren't paying attention. But I don't know if it's meant to mean that like he's interacted with the future so much that he's starting to lose his coherence with the past, because that's kind of one of the things that they talk about. Like if this happens too much, then everything just falls apart. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause like yeah. they, they, they don't play too much of that. Something that like, again, this is, there's so much sequel bait in this movie. Yeah. That it just feels like he's gonna he could make three of these things. We, we never saw anybody f- that did actually physically interact with themselves because you know they 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 I mean they fall back into a little bit of a trope there. It's like don't interact, don't touch your past self, like yeah. flesh to flesh, or else matter antimatter, whatever. And yeah, you'll, you'll <laughs> obliterate. I was trying to remember where that was from, and I was like, I, like I know it's been done in other spots, but Time Cops got that rule where like if you actually touch yourself, you blow up, like you you stop time like well, I mean, time annihilates or whatever fucking yeah did it too and yeah but like it's just i was like man it's like that's the time cop rule you can't touch yourself or it blows up yeah. like everything so, blows i mean that's up. that we we can see what you know what actually happens when that really does happen in this world yeah. in time uh, cop yeah. time cop's gonna be the thing <laughs> sure john claude van damme action van Dam shows up action classic like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> He ends up being the uh, the second in charge of Tenet. <laughs> I, I fucking die laughing. <laughs> Even like Tenet 2. They do Tenet 2 and like Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up. It's like, ooh, they cut the budget on poor Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Does, does the splits in a shower? 
I guess he can still do them well into his 50s or whatever, so may as well. May as well have him show up and do the splits. Why not? <laughs> All right, we're, we're going long here, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. You got anything else you want to talk about before we bounce out of here? I have a couple. I mean, I already talked about the romance angle feeling like kind of trite. Like, because I, I didn't even read it as a romance. I just read it as like yeah, he was doing all of that as operation stuff, basically, at that point. Yeah, there was. I, I definitely caught this on the rewatch. There was some really bad ADR here and there. Well, it sounds like this. This sounds like the uh, the, the version 2.0 soundtrack where like they pasted like kind well, of done because that's what I noticed when we watched Dark Knight Rises. Also, is there's there's some spots where Bane's dialogue is clearly ADR'd in yeah. and out. I think we talked about it on the episode. I may have cut it, but like we did talk a little bit about. But like, like there at least, yeah, Bane, it makes you're not sense. seeing Bane's fucking lips move. Yeah, like, no. Here there's scenes where I'm like clearly seeing a character's lips move. Yeah, and clearly st- hearing something very different. Yeah, in my ears yeah. than what they're actually. I think doing. there was some. Yeah. There was definitely some weird ADR stuff that was going on in this movie. But like, with all the timey wimey shit, maybe it's supposed to make sense. I don't know. Whatever. You know, maybe they figured out like you know they did a test screening and people were like, I don't fucking know what's going on here. And then like they figured out, okay, we need to give people this little nugget extra here, or else they won't get what's going on. And yeah. so, okay, fine. You know, that happens in the movies all the time, right? Yeah. Like there's always like having to add ADR shit to explain what exactly is happening sometimes yeah. on screen. Cause somebody doesn't understand it. You know, grandma yeah. doesn't understand what's happening on the screen right now. I have to explain it to her in dialogue. Yeah. And the other so. like minor nitpick that I had was, and this is like in the very first scene in the opera house, I don't think there's any way to feasibly put an entire fucking theater of people to sleep instantly like that. Yeah, well, also them being able to find all the bombs yeah. on the, in like a minute. I was like, that's not, somebody <laughs> died. <Yeah>. Somebody <laughs> died. So yeah. sad, but you know. You know, there was a couple of little like hand wavy things like that, but yeah. they weren't anything that was like directly related to the whole inversion thing. And yeah, so yeah. it didn't really take me out that much. It was yeah. more just like, you know, your standard like, well, for instance, like fucking like no car can go that fast in reverse. No car no. has no car has five gears of fucking reverse. I was trying to figure that out because like they don't really like whose car is that that's going in reverse? Because the nobody like when he's driving in reverse, his car doesn't maneuver that way. Like like it's in reverse right in front of them kind of thing. You know how yeah. it is. So just it made no sense to me. Like it's chasing them in reverse. And I'm like. Even inverted, that doesn't really. It, he still had to be driving in reverse, wouldn't he? Like, what's going on here? I don't know. It was weird. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And again, like it's you know there is there's definitely a bit of buy-in that you need to do yeah. in order just because I think it was just like, like that was the one for me where I was like the SUV doesn't like that that being it being backwards is a cool visual, but it doesn't yeah. really even make sense in terms of like what they're doing. But like I'll leave it because it's the cool visual of like them being chased by a reverse driving SUV is weird, so cool. Um, yeah, that was about. I don't, I'm trying to think if I had any like major net picks with it not, that you didn't already kind of call out, and that's kind of it. I could have used more Michael Caine. But I also wanted the movie to be like 15 <laughs> minutes shorter. So like, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up and give a, a rate and review. Do you want to start? I mean, it's great fucking blockbuster movie. You yeah. know, it's it's a story that I think would be virtually impossible to tell in any other medium. So much of the story resides in the physics and visuals. And I think that's one of the things that yeah. Chris Nolan excels at is telling stories that really need to be told on a big screen in a long format in a visual format. Yeah. It's definitely not a movie you can just put on if you're not going to give it your full attention. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do not fucking put this movie on and like, just think, Oh, I'll just watch in the background. 
at least not the first time. Like the first time, fucking sit there because like yeah. it's yeah, it's dense. And just you know, prepare yourself as much as you can to be disoriented. Uh, yeah, because you will be disoriented. But I think that that disorientation is part of. I think it's intentional. It's impactful. Part of the experience of the movie, I think, is like having that kind of like brain fuck. Yeah. And watching the way this stuff interacts with like the real world and stuff. So, yeah. so I mean, yeah. uh, if I'm getting a rating, I mean, I think it's like, this is a nine and a 10 for me. I think this is like, you know, one of the best non Batman movies that Nolan's ever done. I think yeah. I put it up there like uh, fucking on par with, uh, with inception. Yeah. I was going to say I, the same thing. I gave it a nine out of 10, like just great high concept action movie. Like it's super Nolan-y. Like it feels like a Nolan movie. Good performance. Really bring it like up a couple notches too. Like yeah. I really like John David Washington. He should be fucking Black Panther. He should be everything. Just cast him everywhere. I'm sold on Robert Pattinson yeah. again. I mean, I saw the lighthouse and all those other artsy <laughs> ones, but like him as action lead, I kind of buy him. Like I like that take on Bruce Wayne where he's like this guy. I was, I was on board for this stuff. So like, ah, yeah, nine out of 10. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to see it. It's definitely worth like the two and a half hours you're going to spend with it. Probably actually like five hours you're going to spend with it because you got to watch it twice really to yeah. kind of wrap your brain around it a little bit. But it's worth the investment in time for sure. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck else you got to do? If you're caught up to the Mandalorian, may as well watch Tenet now that it's out because it's out now. <laughs> so, you know, I can't think of many filmmakers that can like repeatedly give us really creative, innovative like storytelling like this, you know, Chris Nolan is one of the only directors that has been repeatedly been able to show us something that is truly new that we've never seen before. Yeah. I, I like, he's, yeah, he's up there with like the Spielbergs and like I'm trying to think of who else you could put in there. Ridley Scott, Lucas, I guess, yeah. kind of like yeah. those kind of guys, like I mean, just Lucas showing you was never shit. Lucas was an idea guy, not a director, right? Like, yeah. But like, yeah, I think like Ridley Scott, like Kurosawa, Kubrick. And like, to be fair, he only, the only really new thing he did was Star Wars, but like Kurosawa, yeah. I mean, like there's, there's still some fucking Kurosawa in this movie too. Like there's some like. There's some Kubrick in this fucking movie too. Oh, there's, there's always Kubrick and Nolan stuff. He, that's his <laughs> like fucking, I, there's Hitchcock in this movie too. Like oh, yeah. there's just, I mean, there's always going to be Hitchcock and Kubrick in the yeah. Nolan stuff. He's like their number one disciple or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so, we can, you know, we I can like sit him so here much. and praise you know, John Favreau doing like, you know, great, like fun action shit on Mandalorian and Iron Man and shit like that. But yeah. like Chris Nolan doing something like this is another, I'm sorry, Fabs. It's another fucking level above. Yeah, totally. And like, that's why, like I, he's, that's why I picked him when we did our first director episode. Cause like, he's just working at like a different, like he's functioning at a different level than everybody else in Hollywood at this point, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of like delivering this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Like just, it's just weird. I don't know. Like weird, high concept action. I'm on board almost every time. So, I mean, he might be a fucking giant ponce, but he makes good movies. So somebody's always going to give him $200 million to make whatever weird idea he has, I think. So there you yeah. go. But yeah, nine out of 10 for me. Go see it. So let's move on to our last thingy segment. Uh, Geek cred which is where we recommend something for you to look at <laughs> uh, like, aside from fucking tenant because it's out now <laughs> yeah. and you should go see tenant because it was worth the wait for me like that was the thing right like i this i was waiting for this movie to come out i was very excited for this movie and like so this little pause on it was annoying and getting to finally see it i was like oh it didn't disappoint me like i wasn't let down 
which is kind of what I was worried about, especially having waited so long for it. Yeah. That by the time I finally sat down to watch it, that I was going to be like, oh, okay. No, I was like spellbound from like, that was the, the best part about the first sit through. I, I sat down like I normally do to watch a movie and like I had my phone with me and all that shit. I didn't even look at my phone for those two and a half hours. I was just like, <laughs> I am on I was I was supposed to be wrapping presents when I watched it like last night and I got like fucking nothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I even when I watched it last night, like I got a little stone that time and like sat down and watched it. And I was just like I had my phone. I was going to do like TV tropes and like write notes and stuff while I was watching it. By like 10 minutes in, I was like, yeah, fuck this horse shit. I'm just, just going to sit here. I'm just watching this. So like, yeah, no, definitely go check out Tenant. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to recommend? Uh, I do. So I, I've started watching holiday stuff, movies, specials, oh, whatever. No, it's Christmas time. And, with him. Uh, I'm going to heartily recommend the Lego Star Wars holiday special on Disney Plus. No, it picks up with all of the. Uh, it's it kind of picks up like post Rise of Skywalker in a non-canon kind of way, um, okay. but like with all those characters, like Ray and Finn are kind of the two main characters in it, but Poe's there. Uh, and like those tri- just like the trilogy where Ray and Finn are kind of the main characters and Poe's also there sometimes. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, he's, he's kind of in the background for comedic effect. Uh, but it was just it had a lot of heart. It actually it explores. I'll try to say this without. I mean, it's a fucking Lego special. It actually does explore Finn being force sensitive. Okay. The whole shtick of it is that like Ray is trying to train Finn and having trouble doing it. And then she like basically like goes on this sort of force quest through time and space and interacts with like a bunch of other characters in a, you know, just totally like fucking like robot chicken, Rick and Morty kind of way okay, uh, with less cursing <laughs> and, you know, like ends up interacting with like the emperor, like, return of the Jedi emperor and Darth Vader and shit like that. And, and all these other, she basically is like exploring all these other like relationships between users of the force between like the, the mentors like, and the students yeah, mentors and Padawans and stuff yeah. like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's got, it's got like a decent amount of heart to it. It's fucking way more watchable than the original star Wars holiday special. Fair. Yeah. That's a tough sit. So it's, it's just 40 <laughs> minutes of like fun tongue in cheek star Wars. Well, I mean, like, (laughs) if nothing else, it doesn't have Harrison Ford in the background looking like he would rather be anywhere else on Earth, uh, which is basically the look he has during the holiday special, (laughs) if I'm remembering it correctly. There is a point where old Han interacts with young Han, though. (sighs) Just leave it alone, you know, just leave it alone. (laughs) But like I said, it's all tongue in cheek. It's all done in good fun. Fair enough. Okay, cool. I don't really have that much to recommend. There is the only thing that is exciting this week. Black Stallion finally came out, which is the remix album of White Pony by the Deftones. It's the 20th anniversary of White Pony this year, and they're doing this like big remix thing. And I'm usually on board for Chino's electronic based stuff. I'm not bleepy bloopy guy. I think we've talked about this really ad nauseum over the 200 plus episodes. Yeah, usually not, but I like Chino's stuff. So I've I've been listening to this a little bit here and there this week, and it's been pretty good. So yeah, check out black stallion uh, i just like saying the name black Stallion's a good like album name for whatever reason white pony black stallion fun times <laughs> all right you're gonna get another get... flag on our podcast i think why talking about ponies and stallions yeah that's weird <laughs> i don't know pregnant silence yeah my favorite kind <laughs> 
also yeah go follow me on instagram i i was so disappointed i got to i'm not sure if i showed you guys but i posted it to my story but i got to 666 followers <laughs> and i was so fucking like nice. excited like nice kind of thing <laughs> and then it immediately got ruined and i was like mm. i'm at 669 now though so like nice also is nice. back in effect also nice <laughs> so that's cool uh yeah you can do that mt underscore will let uh you go buy a print blackrangallery.com all right everyone Thank you for listening. This has been episode 229 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcatching app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about what we talked about tonight, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at fuck <laughs> dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com at fuck.com at fuck.com <laughs> 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 All right. I'm Mark. Again, you can follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, or on Twitter, uh, M underscore Willette. Commissions are open. It's Christmas time. Buy a commission. Yay. DM for details. Been here with Tim. We'll see you next week or la- last week, depending on if you're inverted or not. I think I'm going to get inverted and go back to the last week because I want to relive the stress of Trump suing Texas again because that was fun <laughs> this week. No. Well, you also get to like watch him lose once a day, which is also <sighs> I mean, like we get to watch, we get to do that going forward now, it's so it's kind of exciting. Also, I don't want to go backwards into that that shit. Idiot Hanukkah. Yeah. Well, and also Happy Hanukkah is the first day of Hanukkah when we're recording this. So there to our go. Jewish listeners, if there are any Spears, Happy Hanukkah. Oh, Spears is there. Oh, yeah, I guess there you go. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. That's it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with. I don't. Know, are we gonna do Mandalorian next week. Maybe we'll just do Mandalorian Maybe. next week. Yeah. Just do Mandalorian. We just don't want to do anything any Christmas shit. Nope. Nope, Mandalorian. It is. I think we're done. We done. It's very gratifying to watch a man you don't like try to pull his balls out of his throat. (laughs) That was a lot. That was intense. But the best part is that he still got up and kissed her on the cheek. He's still like he's ice cold. This guy. You know what I mean? The protagonist ice cold. I was on board. I'm taller than you. Yeah, well, <laughs> by all of about two inches, but yeah, his wife's taller than everybody in this movie. Like even Robert Pattinson was looking fucking up at her. So I don't think I think we can probably claim that we have the review of Tenet that has the most discussion of height. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> I'm obsessed with tall people because I'm tall. Also, so either way, all right. That's the line from the movie. We live in a twilight world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, something. Something. Dawn. There are no friends at dusk. There are no friends at dusk. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> keep your balls out of your throat yeah keep your balls out of your throat it's really important (laughs) yikes